podcast hosted by two hair follicle conscious joshes Ooh. yes <laughs> I know, i'll go in harsh to start off with and also tug on some very real feelings that we have <laughs> one with a bold father one with a receding hairline things are looking up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they are they're looking up as we try to stay away from the glare on a massive dome so that's what it is Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Old New Borrowed Who. Welcome to our six month anniversary. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it actually is six months since we started doing this. And um, 21 episodes. 21 six episodes. Months, yeah. Six months, 12, yeah. So from now on it'll be about 13 episodes in that sort of time. But Yeah, um, but that's, I mean, it's still good going, isn't it? Lucky. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? 26 divided by two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How lucky of us. Yes, how, how very, <laughs> yeah, and unfortunate for everyone else. Yeah, and um, we haven't killed each other yet. We still seem to, well, we still meet up to do these. I don't know if we like each other, but yeah. we still we still meet up. Um, um, yeah, and we, just put, we put you, the audience, first. <laughs> That's it. We don't care about our own mental health. We only care about those around us because we're, we're nice giving people for those three people that listen to this. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for coming back. Um, obviously, this is Old New Borrowed Who. We try to keep up to date on our social networks as well, mm-hmm. which... We've I done did. quite well this week, yeah. Oh, we didn't do... Um, we didn't do a top ten, but... We did do a top ten. Sorry, we did do a top ten, we didn't... I did a, a top ten, I did a review. Oh, we did do a review. Yeah, I said... God, we, we are, we're on it. I, I love the fact <laughs> you put the word we in there, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't... We haven't I contribute. We um, didn't put our uh, guess who up this week, um, and that is something we will be starting to make sure we, we get out there, but that was something we missed this week. But we're slowly getting there, oh, yeah. getting to where we need to be. Um, yeah. We're always wanting to talk films, movies, TVs... Not not TVs, TV shows. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about. I've got a brand new Samsung. I just want to <laughs> yeah. put that out there, but I haven't. Um, but yeah, we were happy to talk about anything in the media. Um, so just drop us messages on there, and we're happy to talk about anything about the show. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it? Yeah. What can we do to improve? Yeah. Is, is there problems with it? Because yeah. I'm sure there are problems with it, but sure we're too close that we can't see due to the glare from our heads, as we've already said. So, if this is your first time being here, I will pass over... Oh, no, actually, I'll introduce us first. Yeah, let's introduce us. Yeah, so I'm Josh Hooten. I am the... Oh, I'm not the night owl of the group, am I? <laughs> <laughs> that, that went well. I am... You're the comedian. <laughs> I'm the comedian of the group, and next to me is uh, Josh Jones, and I am the ink block test. <laughs> I honestly we thought you were going to do it for night owl because you don't really sleep. I don't really sleep. No, to be fair, yeah, I'm the night. I am the night owl. He's the night owl, I, and I, I am his silk spectre. Oh, this... <laughs> don't hit that fuel gauge. Don't shoot that fire out, sir. Um, and I'll pass over to Josh to explain what we do. Each week. Uh, each week we take a celebrity who has been in the news with a new venture. We look back on their life, their previous projects, and then do a final longer review of their latest project. Yes, so we normally look about four projects Yeah. Um, in their past and then look at the most recent four, one. Four in detail, the rest in minor detail. Yeah, like if one of us has seen one of them, we might. I don't, like, I don't like. The, I don't like the term minor detail with the person we're going to be talking about. Oh, <laughs> I know. I'll put that in already. But yeah, I, it's it's we do look at four a bit more detail. Yeah. One one big one. Yeah. Um, 
And at the end, we're going to do something different this week. He doesn't, you don't know this yet, but we're going to rank the five films that we've seen in the week. Oh, smart. Which yeah. I think is a good idea. Yeah. So you can make a decision which ones you'd rather see. And if the one that's out now is assuming, Assuming you have similar taste to us, you can make the decision. <laughs> I mean, we do vary on certain films. I mean, mm. if you look at last week's episode when we discussed La La Land, there was a lot of arguments <laughs> between the two of us on that. Um, and I still stand by me being right. I'm never going to change my mind. Um, so yeah, we left some sugar crumb morsels, as it's come to be known. We did some hard candies out there for you oh, to work out. Nice. I know. I really wish I'd thought about yeah. it last week. Um, but we left some some morsels there for to guess who yeah. this week's um, main attraction, main event, or is he just a supporting event? Who knows? Um, so what were they? Can you remember any of the ones we dropped out there? Watch men, not girls. We mentioned girls in there because we mentioned yeah. girls as well. Oh. oh Christ! What else did we do? Conjuring, I threw in there. Insidious. Insidious yeah. <laughs> that was that was a real stretch. That one. Um, what else did we put in for it? Oh, it was quite. A f- it was quite a few. I mean, really, we should remember to look at this before we start shooting, but we never do. Um, Eighteen, I think, was mentioned. Yeah. Um, none was in there as well. There was little children in there. Yeah, we did put little children in there. We put little children in there. We <laughs> did sugar crumb morsels. Stretch and zipper we had in there as well. I remember those two. So yeah, we had quite well a few. Um, and we didn't put Morning Glory in there, even though... No, should... I did. Oh, you did? It was shortly after Watchmen. <laughs> yes, that was that was, that was was where that one went. Um, so yeah, this week it's my turn to present yeah. the report. Who are you doing? Who am I doing? I am doing the very large four-headed... Yep. Patrick Wilson. Ooh. Ooh, I know. Exciting. Exciting things. Um, so, yeah, Patrick Wilson this week, as you can tell from the lovely picture that is out there. I haven't... But tw- at time of recording, we'll pull back the curtain. We were recording a little bit earlier this time because yeah. I'm busy the weekend. We normally record it. Um, so I've come down. So <laughs> the picture will be delightful, I'm sure. Um, he's got a very drawable face, shall very I say. Very face. Yeah, so um, I suppose we better get on with probably should the who's of it all. The who's. Also, I hate that jingle. We need to go with a new thing. Who's? Yeah. So yeah, before I get in there and jump in and start talking for ages whilst you smile and nod, what do you know about Patrick Wilson? I know absolutely nothing. I know he's one of those people who I've seen in a few things and gone. Oh, it's that guy who was in that other thing. And I always enjoy his performances from what I did see of him before this week. I still enjoy his performances <laughs> after this week. So that bodes well. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, personal life-wise, no sweet F.A. And to be honest, that's sort of what I... He's one of those people that I've always known the name of. I'm like, oh, it's Patrick Wilson. I'm like, oh, you know his name? I'm like, yeah, it's one of these people I know the name <laughs> of. Like, that real snobby, like, yeah, I'm better than you because I know this one guy. Um, but... He just shows up, and he, every time he's on there, you go, "Oh, it's gonna." I, I normally go, "Oh, it's gonna be a good film," because if he's in there, he's normally normally supporting role, normally doing a really solid job of it, and everything he's done, I've always always enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't know much about his personal life. I'm gonna be honest. After this report, don't. you're not gonna get much more about his personal life. He's, there doesn't seem to be much going on. I think he come, he comes across in all the interviews I've seen of him because I did a couple looked at a couple of interviews. Yeah, he comes across as you entirely expect him to come across. He's just a bit as, reserved. It's just a nice guy. Oh, like, right, yeah. hey, yeah, this is who I am. Da-da-da. I'm friendly. I'm this because he plays those parts really well. So yeah, it comes, he does. It, it, there's obviously a reason why he is 
the he comes across as like an everyman character. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. I think yeah, he's he's he is well cast. To be fair, I haven't I haven't seen any of in any of these films have I gone. That was a weird choice for him. Yeah, um, I mean, there's reasons why he, they all seem right for him as well. It's due to what he does because he only chooses interesting character parts oh, that he yeah. can do things. So he's very selective in his roles. So, oh, fair. That's um, I say that it seems like he's been in quite a lot. I think he's only been active for a few years, but we'll we'll get into it, shall we? So um, let's take a look into one of the most recognisable faces that people often forget the name of: the yes. Broadway star turned actor who has one of the most versatile moustaches in movies. He does. He does. He, normally, you go, that's just a pedo stash, and somehow he, he manages to pull it off in different ones. Um, the internet dubbed Scream King, who seems to be naked in most of his films. Let's take mm. a life into the popping volleyball pa- uh, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> popping. It was going to be bobbing. Like that. That's but, a little tongue twister there. Yeah. Before we start, can I just say, he... The reason that I thought he was in a lot more when I used to think, when I was like, oh, I've seen that guy, he's been in loads. I got him confused with Will Arnett for the longest time. It's because of their hairline. They are incredibly similar looking. I don't I think, think they are at all. I think they are. It, like Their faces are really similar as well. The way they hold themselves. Will Arnett doesn't really have a chin. No, but they're quite, it's quite that long rectangle. Yeah, I, I, get, I get sort of what you mean. I mean, they're both tall, but they, they're very different. Like Patrick Wilson's quite small, small mm. reserved. He also has quite a thin mouth, I suppose, whilst Will Arnett's quite... Big, but he's also got that Will Arnett bit, yeah. uh, uh, Jack Horseman, that sort of voice, isn't it? Rather <laughs> than uh, Patrick Wilson, he's got that sort of softer mm. tones to him. But no, I get that. I, I don't know. I'm, they do very different parts. Though, they do they? incredibly <laughs> different parts. Incredibly different. I can I couldn't imagine Patrick Wilson doing a great job in Arrested Development. No, no. Or but then I couldn't definitely not. But then I couldn't really. One pitch. could say it was a, a huge mistake. <laughs> Yes, thank you. That was I really like that. Um, oh, uh, but yeah, I also can see uh, Will Arnett being Night Owl. No, so no. Yeah, it's, maybe if SNL do it. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm surprised he wouldn't be pulled in for something like when they did do Aquaman or something like that. <laughs> um, so let's look at his. Should we have a look at his early life then? Yeah, probably. So he was born July third, nineteen seventy three. Oh, I know. Good, good time. So yeah, he's he's forty six now. So he's still fairly. I mean, I think forty six is still fairly new, and you've still got a lot to do in the film. Mm. Especially, I think the way that movies are moving now, it seems to be older yeah. people and. Yeah, they do. They like older people now. It seems to be uh, there's more there's more versatile roles. There's more mm. there's more difference out there. Well, there's more roles in general. There's more movies being made. So. Well, there's more, yeah, but I think you get more variety in the screenwriters as well. So you yeah. get more interesting parts out there. Um, so he was born in Norfolk. As in, 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 in Virginia. I thought I'd let that hang there for a second. I thought you were going to go, oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, to, his, to his parents, Mary Kay Wilson and his jo- dad, John Franklin Wilson. Okay. Good names. Yep. John Franklin Wilson. Three first names, isn't it? Wilson's not really a first name. Do I think? It's the son of Will. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it is. I, I've never met someone called Wilson. I've heard Winston. Yeah, this is true. Wilson, not so much. Uh, apart from there's a volleyball called apart, Wilson. That's, that's the only one. <laughs> I don't know any other Wilsons. Um, no, that's Winston. I'm, I'm, no. So um, his parents were already professionals in media in their own right. His dad was a news anchor for Tampa Bay, Florida, MTVT, 
Um, Wilson's older brother Mark now does the same job as his father at the same station. Nice. So his older brother Mark is now an the, anchor. the news anchor at that same TV show. Very cool. T- TV station, which is pretty interesting. Okay. Um, and his mum was a vocal coach and professional singer, which probably explains his ability to sing. Can he sing? Yeah. Oh, you don't know this yet. No, I don't. Oh, this is yeah. We've got a lot to go. He can sing. Oh wow. Um, his so although his mother was a professional singer and a vocal coach, she didn't teach him how to sing. Oh okay. <laughs> so she didn't teach him how to sing. Um, he did, however, sing a lot in his youth in the youth choir that his mum was a director of. So she didn't directly teach him to yeah, like lessons, one-on-one. but it was in the choir. Um, um, also, just want to say that he has another brother called Paul who is an executive in advertising now. Mm. They almost come across like that sort of ideal 1950s family is the way I look at it. If you remove Patrick Wilson from it, it's the mum, the dad, the two kids. One kid is now a TV anchor. The other kid is an executive uh, in advertising. The mother stays at home and also teaches and singing, which is... (laughs) And the dad was the news anchor before that. It feels very... It feels like an episode of Mad Men. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's sort of what it was um, so whilst in high school which was called Shawcast Prep mm-hmm. Shawcast is pretty much the name of the podcast you'd make if you were doing it for our old theatre company yeah not the old theatre company the old yeah the yeah, universal one, one. <laughs> um, but I'm not giving them a plug <laughs> he says even though they're their only listeners um, uh, so he's involved in both singing theatre and multiple sports um, from what I can tell it was mainly baseball he was involved in in school he looks okay. he looks like a baseball player yeah he does he, does. he looks yeah. like the sort of person who'd be um, but he prioritised singing and would often miss games and eventually was no longer picked by the end of high school so because he would always put his singing and theatre ahead of the sports although he was good at both he he just wasn't picked for those um, I'm going to point out now because I'm just keeping a close eye on it we are recording slightly differently today using um, yeah. just a microphone from a headset due to audio issues. So if we sound quiet at any point, it's because we are. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll try to balance it. Yeah, post production. <laughs> give me, give me something to work on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so following high school, he went on to study acting at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, which is the best name of a university I've ever heard in my life. Carnegie right. after the Delhi in New York, Mellon after a melon. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. Mellon on rye. No, they're not. <laughs> That's what it could be. It's basically, it's a nice starter for a meal, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to have some Carnegie Mellon, please. <laughs> it does. It sounds like a Waldorf salad's like yeah. little sister. <laughs> Just got some random pastrami put in there. <laughs> pastrami melon and a bit of like rocket. Um, whilst there, he won the Charles Willard Award for Undergraduate Excellence in Music Theatre. And then following that, he earned his uh, BFA in Drama. So other people who've graduated from this place, I thought I'd have a little look and see who else had graduated from this place, is David Tepper, who is now a massive, he's one of the richest men in the world. He's a billionaire. Okay. Uh, Andy Warhol. Oh, yeah. Uh, of, of Andy, Andy War- Warhol fame. Yes, of Andy Warhol fame, yes. Uh, Ted Danson. Okay. And uh, Joe Magnolio. <laughs> I recognise the name. Don't know. He is the guy who's always seen as very attractive. Everything uh, How I Met Your Mother. He's the other lawyer to Marshall... He was in Rampage. He was the guy who was killed far too early. He shows up with the big... He's the oh, massive guy, the yeah, beard. Okay. He just... Have you seen Daybreak? The TV series on Netflix? He's... Oh. I, I've i seen bits of. He's yes. he's the dad of one of them. He comes back oh, for an okay. episode. But he's in loads of things. He just shows up everywhere. He's, it seems like he just can't quite make, make the break, Joe, unfortunately. Even though he is so attractive. Um, <laughs> also, his um, partner... 
graduated from there, but they don't know each other this time because she graduated three years after mm. he did. But they do meet later on. Like passing ships. Oh, I, I won't give away any spoilers, even though I just have. <laughs> so that's sort of his early life, mm. really. Standard, there's sort of no notes from school, nothing about that. It just seems like he was quite dedicated to what he wanted to do mm. and achieved it. Yeah, fair. Which is pretty good. So, theatre and early screen. So, yeah, obviously he went to school to study drama. Mm-hmm. So, after he graduated university in 1995... God, doesn't that make you feel feel young? You weren't even born then. <laughs> just. <laughs> um, and he quickly began auditioning around the New York area and just looking for his first acting break. It didn't take too long before he made his debut as an understudy in a national tour. Oh, can you guess what the tour would be for? Can you guess the show? I'm going to just see if you can get Can you it. give me a hint? <laughs> just plug he... a random musical out. Okay, so he was the understudy <laughs> of the lead part, of the lead male role of Chris Scott. He was an American soldier. It's set during the 1960s, I believe. Is it Miss Saigon? Miss Saigon, uh, yes. So he was cast as the uh, understudy of Chris Scott, the lead in Miss Saigon. What? Which I think he would do a very good role in from my story. He just looks like the right sort of yeah. person for it. Yeah, okay. He looks like pure cu- country whole bread. Yeah. That sort <laughs> of it, it's sweet as apple pie American. Mm. Um, even though his descend- all his descendants are from the UK sort of areas. He's got like English, oh. Welsh, Scottish Is it? descent. But then all Americans will, yeah. will say that, won't they? Um, so yeah, he got he got that. So he did that for a year. Um, he only actually was on came on stage a couple of times. Basically, he was just understudy, which is mm. part of the role. So you play other roles whilst you're on there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah so. so he was swing, not understudy. This the slight the slight difference, isn't it? Well, he he's classed swing. as he's classed as understudy, but from what I can find, he also did other. He just fit bits. Yeah, but that's swing. Just, that swing, is swing. Swing yeah. is where you have you are minor roles, but you are like. You replace major roles if like you're the yeah. understudy, but you're you're still on stage. An understudy is just someone who sits backstage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lazy is what we call them. <laughs> um, then the following year, he was auditioned and was cast in the lead in Carousel in the oh, National okay. Tour. Um, wow! So I'm assuming it ran for a year. It doesn't say that it didn't run for less than a year, but most national tours tend to run yeah. for a full 12 months. It's not still running. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's managed to fit all this in at the same time. It's very good. Um, he did win a, a Drama Logue Award for his performance in Carousel as well. Cool. I'm not sure what a Drama Logue is. No, There's no, also no, Drama no. League Awards that he wins at this mm. point, and I'm not fully sure. Well, Drama League I'm aware of is sort of a collection of bodies that are both... It does include Broadway, but it's also off-Broadway and mm. um, other sort of amateur and professional tours, and they get given these awards for, like, outstanding plays, revivals, yeah. mess... So he's been, he's won a couple of those. Drama Logue isn't just a typo. No, no. <laughs> I, did, I did look for it. Does it does exist. It does exist, but I didn't look too much into it. Um, and so he also continued to act in regional productions prior to the year 99. So he appeared in Sweet Birth of Youth. Yeah. He appeared in Romeo and Juliet the Musical. Oh, God. What okay. part do you reckon he played in Romeo and Juliet the musical? I'd assume Romeo. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was hoping he'd go for Juliet. I then. could see him playing Tybalt, to be fair. Yeah, he could. I think he could do He could play much. any of them. He could play any of them. <laughs> uh, he's, so he, gets, he got that, and then he was also lucky in the rain. He then appeared in Bright Lights, Big City, which he won uh, a Drama League Award, and mm. also got a nomination for the Drama Desk Award. Cool. 
So yeah, again, more there's lots there's lots of drama awards that I'm not aware of, but it's obviously they're obviously these are all notable stage stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's all stage stage awards. Um, after this performance, uh, sorry, um, I've jumped ahead. So he then made his Broadway debut after oh. that. So Bright Lights Big City was off Broadway, right? And then he made his Broadway debut in Fascinating Rhythm, which he received another Drama League award. Wow. His then, then his next two performances earned him Tony nominations. Really? Yes. He then got Tony nominated for two performances. What were they? So one's in 2001 and one's in 2002. Do you want me to try... You're going to try and guess the musicals now. Legally so. Blonde? No. So the first one is about... Or, a group of men who are recently unemployed and need to make ends meet, so they try and do an extra job oh, on the side. Oh, um, uh, oh, what's it called? I know, Full Monty. The Full Monty. Yeah. yeah, he was the lead in Full Monty. And then in two thousand and two, I don't know the plot of this one, so I can't give you. But it's a state. Is it a state? No, it's not a state. Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So two thousand one, he was in Full Monty. Two thousand two, he was in Oklahoma. So in two thousand one, he lost to Nathan Lane. In the producers, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and then in two thousand and two, he lost to John Lithgow in Sweet Smell of Success. Oh, wow! Okay. So he was nominated as outs- like male yeah, actor, yeah, 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 yeah. and also there was cast awards, but he always came just bloody nominated. hell. So, Fair yeah. play. I had I had absolutely no idea about any of this. Yeah, that's I know. Really cool. So he's he's a stage actor yeah. first. He's always done. He's gone to Broadway. Those were his two big ones. Do you want to hear a fun fact about that Tony, the second Tony Award that you lost as well? Yeah, go on. So I thought it was a fun fact, and it's not something I've seen written down. It's just I've noticed it when I was looking through the list. His his fellow castmate from The Watchmen also lost out to a Tony Award that year. Oh, okay. Uh, Billy Crudup playing Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. He lost out in his performance as the Elephant Man in wow. a play. He played the Elephant Man that year, and he lost out to Alan Bates. But Alan Bates is dead now, so he won that in the long run, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, Alan Bates actually died the following year. <laughs> 2003 he died. So, uh, yeah, maybe I should have made as much light of that. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but I think it's a fun fact. Fun fa- I think it's a fun fact that Billy Crudup also lost yeah, in the same year. It is. The fact that Alan Bates is dead is, is a Lots secondary fun. non-fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> so this is why he's still doing stage work. Um, he yes. then he tried to, his first attempt into film, was in the acting debut of the film My Sister's Wedding in 2001. Have you ever heard of it? I have. You won't have heard of this one because it was never released. <laughs> I swear My Sister's Wedding is a thing. I it? think there's another film called My Sister's Wedding. Yeah. But this is a different one which was never released. Okay. Can't find it anywhere. Right. So his first acting foray just Not, disappeared. Just disappeared. Cool. His second one, which he quickly followed, was the release of Dark Stories, Tales Beyond the Grave. I like the sound of that. This is not actually listed on his IMDb. Okay. When you go to the film on IMDb, he's not listed on there either. Right. But I have found that he was in there. I've not seen it to get the proof. And it was only brought to my attention. I was doing this research and I came across this site called... Is it Tribute? Tribute.ca. And they mention it on there. Canada. Yes, yeah, Canada's one. It was quite interesting. I was busy doing... Ca- Canadian IMDb. I was doing... I... <laughs> yeah, Maybe. Um, it's the not... Canadian movie It's not the greatest database <laughs> in the world. It's just a tribute. <laughs> Oh, oh yes, oh. we've got a Tenacious D reference in here today. Um, but yeah, they brought it up. So I had a little look at it. And on the IMDb, there is literally only one person listed, listed on there. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, which is like Steve Err, I think his name is. It's the guy who played the White Orc in the Hobbit films. Oh, cool. Which is... What a claim to fame. I know, what a strange, <laughs> strange mix. But yeah, so that was his 
next one, which obviously <laughs> doesn't really go mm. anywhere. At that point, it feels like he's probably not going to make it. You've got to think, you've had those two and they have been terrible films. Yeah. His next acting point was in the 2003 miniseries, Angels of America. Okay. HBO miniseries. Don't know. Massive that. critical response. Mer- Meryl Streep is the lead in it. Al Pacino is the lead in it. And he plays a supporting actor oh, okay. where he plays a Republican Mormon who is closeted. Oh, Massive critical response to this. He was nominated for a Golden Globe and an Emmy for oh, wow. in those. So oh, okay. his first screen re- really it's a is... a good critical response. Yeah, so his good, yeah. his good first screen debut, Golden Globe and an Emmy nomination. Yeah, fair play. At the, if, how, how, so, but the thing is, he seems like he's always nominated for things, but... Never, Never gonna win them. Yeah. No, and it's a shame because I think he's I think he's a good actor, and obviously I think he's a very good actor. I've not seen this series, but when I heard that Meryl Streep, Al Pacino, and he was in this, I was thinking I probably should give it a go. It's only one. It's only a mini series, so it's just short. I think it's about eight, six episodes. Mm. It might be something I give a go after yeah. this. It's just one of those things I didn't notice until started doing the research of it. So yeah, interesting. So that's two thousand and three. So after this. In 2004, we start seeing him making it as a film actor. Right. Do you know what his first film he was ever in was? Was it one of the ones that we're doing? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. It was in the film The Alamo with Billy Bob Thornton and Dennis Quaid. Oh, okay. So this film was originally meant to be done That with... sounds quite good. Is it not? Oh, you wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So it was originally meant to be directed by Ron Howard, and it was—I can't remember who was meant to be the lead. And it was like quite a big star. It was meant to be the lead. Well, I don't mind Billy Bob Thornton. Um, I'll have a look. I can't say he's the lead instead. It was someone who was good friends with him, but yeah, it was it was Billy Bob Thornton and Dennis Quaid were the leads in the end. But basically, they had a massive bust up over how much um, they were willing to give for the budget. because oh, okay. Ron Howard wanted two hundred thousand, uh, two hundred billion for it. And they that's, said that's a lot of money. And they said that's too much. So they brought in another guy, and they ended up doing the whole thing for 140 million with the advertising. It is one of the biggest flops oh, in really, yeah. history. I think it made 25 million Jesus. off a 140 million budget. So his first film is considered one of the biggest flops in cinema history. But that's not his fault. No, I, it's not. Um, I got honest, I was busy reading some of the facts about this film because I thought, you know, I have a little look. There's a <laughs> They had to redo a scene because an extra had smuggled a bag of Doritos onto the set. And when he got shot, he fell and it burst <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, they then had to search all the extras before they started oh filming scenes. Because they couldn't trust them not to bring food onto the set because of this sort of... <laughs> it's also the biggest set ever built for an American production in America. It was like really several, was like 100 acres or something like that. They used the whole thing, so they did it outside because of the re. Obviously, the Alamo. Yeah. Battle of the Alamo, and they just redid that. I really want to watch it. <laughs> I would like to give it a go. When you say when you say so, it flopped, but was it critically well received? Even not if not commercially. Um, I'll have a little check now. Um, I'm not too sure. I I really I looked at this briefly. I just started looking through the. Mm. the I, I yeah. sorry, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm just looking through like any sort of facts or interesting things about fun it. facts. Fun facts, yes. Um, Who died in this? Let's get another fun fact <laughs> in it. <laughs> Let's have a look at the review. Uh, we'll see what Robert Ebert says. Oh, Six point nine nine MTV, but fifty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not awful. But it means one it's out of good. two. One out of two people didn't like it. Essentially, yes. Um, which is 
quite a lot, really. Half of people for those not well-versed in maths. Rotten Tomatoes actually says 29% on here. Oh. So it's 52% audience score, 29% critic score. Oh. Well, you know, but I might watch it just to for some reason. I think. This Roger Ebert review is actually out of five stars instead of four, because that's what Roger Ebert has always, always done is four stars. This one's out of five, and he's given it three and a half out of five. That's quite a good amount, isn't it? Yeah, it's better than I would have thought it would be for the sort of critical response. I think we've given, with our little review system, we've given a few films 3.5s that were actually... I don't know, that, that's quite high. Yeah, by... I don't know. Standards. 70% is the first. Ah, uh, do you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the wrong version of the Alamo. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking at the John Wayne-directed Alamo, which oh. came out in 1960. Oh, there we are. 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6 on IMDb. Let's see if Roger Ebert has got another one for it. No, that is the Roger Ebert. 2004 is 3.5 out of 5. Well, there we go. Who knows? Crazy. You heard it here first, people. Yes. Clearly here first. (laughs) So, where was I? 2004. The next big film he did, which is 2004 as well, was The Phantom of the Opera. Oh, God. The Andrew Lloyd Webber, where he wrote an extra 15 yeah. minutes of music, yeah. got, you know, the amazing director that is Joel Schumacher, of mm. Batman fame, yeah. <laughs> um, who would only cast women in the lead role if they were under the age of 25, because they had to be young, um, ended up casting a 16-year-old girl for it. So, <laughs> do you know who played the Phantom in this? Was it him? No, yeah. he, he played, is it Raul? Raul? I don't know. I know enough about the fans of the opera that I don't. He's like the it. other. He's the, he's the other lead male. So he's the yeah. guy who's sort of in the relationship with with the girl before the phantom gets involved. Yeah. The phantom was played by Gerard Butler. Oh, 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 oh. Who, have I heard of a worse cast? Who had never had a singing lesson before doing this, but his voice was used in it. Minnie Driver, however, who can sing, was not because she can't do opera. Oh, so I don't know how no. Gerard Butler actually sounds this. I. Otherwise, I've never seen it because one, I don't like musicals. I Two, don't like fans of the opera. Don't like fans of the opera. Three, Gerard Butler <laughs> singing. I, I mean, I should see it for just Gerard Butler singing, really. I imagine it's a bit Russell Crowe. I don't know because it, it's strange that they would choose him to be the lead because Andrew Lloyd Webber's only conviction that he said when he, he goes, "I don't caveat. care." Get caveat. That's it. That you can cast who you want. I don't care if they're unknowns, what they are, as long as they can sing. Well, maybe Gerald Butler could sing. Maybe he had a beautiful Scottish voice hiding under... I don't, I, know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently it took him uh, uh, about four hours to get into prosthetics and stuff for the Phantom makeup. Jesus. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, he also had a bit of string under his right eye to make it droop more, but apparently people would pull on that whilst he was filming just to fuck with him. For God's <laughs> sake. So, Sounds like they had a good... Um, good old time on, uh, on that, yeah. didn't they? So, yeah, that was 2004. 2005, he got married. Just to yeah. move on to the next point. So he got married in 2005 to Dagmara Dominic, <laughs> um, who's a Polish-American actress who also went to the same one, uh, same university. She's done a few things. She's like the Counts of Monte Cristo she was in, Running with Scissors, The Immigrants. She's done a few things. She's not done lots and lots. She's not one of those sort of recognisable people. Right. Um... He's had two children with her as well. Um, so he's a father of two. Um, and he's actually released the names of his kids as well, which is oh. strange. You know, because obviously most celebrities now 
keep it sort of hidden, mm. don't they? So his first kid was born in 2006, the following year, called Kaylin Patrick Wilson. And his other son is Cassian McCarroll Wilson. Interesting. Um, he has only one tattoo on him as well, which is KPK, uh, KPW, sorry, which is his son's initials, which he has mm. on his shoulder. Only his eldest son, the other one. Yeah, I was going to say. The other one doesn't get a tattoo. Right. I think he realised, oh, maybe I've um, gone a little too far into this. I might have to do a bit more. But 2005 leads us into the yes. first film we first watched of for our this. Lot. Yeah. Ooh. Which is? Hard Candy. Hard Candy. There it is. So, obviously, we, try, we, like, we like to do um, one-minute reviews for this. We like to alternate on these. So we also haven't decided on who's doing which one. We should probably do that before. We should probably do that before. So the next one on the list, I'm just going to point it out to you so you can choose. If Because I got chosen last time. So you yeah. got that one, then that one. Yeah. This is good radio. Um, then we've got... I'll, t- I'll take this first one. you take the first one? Yeah, and then I get... Oh, you get that one? No, no, no. I get the other one. Oh no, I've got to see that. You've, Fair missed, you've missed it. Damn um, it. <laughs> oh, what? Do you, did you want no, that one? I think that's fine. I think it's good to go. Okay, right. So, well, this in a minute. I'm going to keep an eye on the time. Hard candy. Hard candy in a minute. Time starts now. Okay, so girl is talking to a well, someone we don't know who online. She meets him in a coffee shop. She knows that he's older. He's an older bloke. She's underage. She says she's fourteen. Um, they have a bit of coffee. They go back to his because he's a photographer. And uh, they have a couple of drinks. She's drinking. He's drinking. She's like, don't take drinks from strangers. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to spike you. Psych, he's spiked. And uh, he wakes up and is tied to a chair. She basically says, oh, well, I'm going to have you because you're a pedo. And, um, yeah, I mean, she ends up, there's a, tussle she finds all this stuff about a girl who was murdered who went missing and was like um raped i think and um yeah she 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 castrates him but then turns out she didn't castrate him forced him to kill himself the end i feel like you rushed that last (laughs) i mean that was that was 59 seconds it was it was clear at about 57 seconds you went Oh, I've got <laughs> I've got the rest of this film to do, and went. Oh, that'll do. Um, if you haven't ga- gathered, which we forget to say at the beginning of each episode, there's spoilers in all of this because I mean, this film is what 13 years old, 14 years old. Yes, 2005. Um, and by the sounds of it, everyone's watched it apart from us. Yeah, I know. I don't know what's going on there. We both missed it. Both but... of our girlfriends, who need well, your fiance, neither of which watch films. watch films ever, <laughs> have both seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they, they watch they watch movies, but it's so indeterminate the amount of times you've got to see a film once, and then they'll never see another film for yeah. another four months or something like that. But yeah, and, yeah they both seen, seen this. So this was your first time watching it? Yeah, your first time watching it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the first time I'd watched it. I'd, it's one of those films I'd, I'd heard about. I think I'd heard about it through Keris, because it's one of those... She's only ever seen about three films, so she yeah. has to tell me which ones they, which ones she likes. So, um... I came into this, and to be honest, she I was going to watch this on a train going to and from work, and she went, don't, don't watch this it. film, because there's there's some bad things in there. I was like, ah, that'd be fine. She went, oh, there's a castration in there. I went, a what? <laughs> <laughs> she went, and then I thought, you know what, I watched Videodrome on um, a train, so I should be fine with this. And I was. Um, good story, I know. I'm glad you're all captivated throughout it. Yeah. Entranced like a man tied to a table with 
Scissors by his bollocks. Yeah. Oh, and th- that scene was hard to watch. It um, was. Should we start from the beginning of this then? Yeah. Well, so, what do you what, what do you think of the film overall? Having it being your first time watching, I think this is a good film. I really enjoyed it. I don't think I'll go back to it. No, I agree. For being completely honest, I think this is a one-time watch film, and that's fine with me. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it, and that's I don't know if "enjoy" is the right word. I experienced it in a positive light. <laughs> I'd say enjoyed. If you come out saying something was a good film, I think you can generally say you enjoyed the film. Yeah, but like, are you pleased you saw it? Yeah, I'm pleased I saw it. I Is think that it's... not enjoyment? No. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting one, really. I, I, I... pleasure. <laughs> it's strange. I mean, I think I think it's a good. The thing is, it's a good film. I think I I I think it'd be hard to say it's a bad film. Hmm. Although. It's it is it's not the best film in the world. I think it's enjoyable. Yes, as I said, which isn't the right word. So it starts off I, the texting going on at the beginning really made me feel uncomfortable to start off with. Yes, just I because thought, of the text talking it. I thought she was like, yeah, I thought she was like a police officer to start off with. You thought she was a police officer to start off with? Yeah, I was like, this is too weird. No, what kid would do this? This is two years before Juno as well. Yeah, I mean she she's eighteen on the dot. When she filmed this, she filmed this, yeah. She she looks. There's she a reason she's fourteen. <laughs> she looks like she could be fourteen. Apart from she's ripped like I don't know Cape Fear Robert De Niro in this. <laughs> she is though, isn't she? She? Yeah. she is shredded in this film. Um, so is he. Mm. Um, but you don't see. But he's shredded in every, every single film. film that he's yeah. In. <laughs> I think he's a very. Good, I th- think out the two of the actors. So before we go into all the breakdown, I, I think out the two factors, I think he was the better actor. I. Yes, I felt like her, she wasn't as believable as like a fourteen-year-old girl. But then again, I'm questioning whether she was a fourteen-year-old girl. Although I believe she well, is. We've, we've had this discussion, haven't we? I I think she wasn't. I think she was. So I suppose we'll get to the end. We'll there discuss that in further. I, I think he does a very good performance in this. He's flips yeah. from being sort of like a nice guy. Like I I genuinely believed through most of the film that he had nothing to do with it. I think it was. I felt almost almost like he was doing the wrong thing. But the extra, the extra bit on there about the other girl, I mm. thought was just being put on him because he was just someone that you could put as, yeah. as the face of, of the crime. Yeah, I agree. And I, I believed him of, mm, foolishly, yes. shall we say. Um, so it starts with that text speak. You've got the meeting in the the coffee shop, shop. coffee shop where they're talking, which is nice. I think it's it's quite intimately shot as well. This is very simple it's shots. It's incredibly well shot. Very I intimate think. is the way I look at but it. Then, but then when it goes all frenzied it's like it's like watching a Bourne film <laughs> that's that's sort of I mean what I'm trying to do it's all like close cam there's mm. much but it's, it's I think there's a re- the reason for that is obviously we're meant to be just getting their perceptive perception we're not really mm. seeing outside of the little squares yeah. that they've created because otherwise you start working out what's happening further and they're trying to keep their hands close to the chest um, obviously they go back to his place where he starts talking about his, his old lover and all the pictures that he's got around there yeah. starts making her drinks um, she refused to take it because he goes well, kids, as he said kids my generation we learn not to take drinks from strangers mm. because you don't know what people have put in there he went oh that's good advice to, I'll yeah. make them and then as he said she spikes him. She spikes him. But the build-up to this is all about... She's toying with him the whole time as well. She's leading him on. Mm. She's been very, he's been very much like, no, we shouldn't do that. that. And I suppose that's the role that he needs to play, isn't it? Yeah. It's the... Uh, 
this isn't my fault. This is your fault if this happens. I don't want to do this. You're making it. So you can push the blame on her mm. later, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Would you agree? That's yeah. Sort of how, and he play, they, play, they play the parts very well. At this point, I think they're playing the parts really well. Yes. I think she's playing the sort of the innocent, sort of naive is the way it's coming across. Mm. Girl, like she goes, take pictures of me in the bedroom. She's taking her top off and stuff like that. And he's like, no, put it back on. And it, the sort of thing before he starts falling. Yeah. It's um, it's an odd film, this, because from this point on, you sort of, you do, I mean, from the get-go, you go, oh, okay, this guy is a pedo because he's met up with this 14-year-old who he knows is a 14-year-old. He's met her, he still invites her back, tries to get her drinking. Yeah. So you're instantly like, he's the bad guy. But then I saw, I don't know about you, I saw the twist yeah, I saw of her being like having the upper hand coming. Yeah, I, I saw that coming partly because of what Carys had told me that it was going there was something like that was going to happen, and I knew there wasn't many cast members in this film, so I knew it was going to be quite. And the way it's sort of coming across, it's going to be just like a two-hander. Is how it feels. Mm. Um, but yeah, I knew she was going to hand, especially that line with "Oh, I shouldn't take drinks off of strangers." I you knew the foreshadowing the, mm. that was coming from it. Um, it wasn't the most subtle, was it? Really, that's. I think that's part of the issue. That might be more writing than anything else. Yeah, but it, that, like as the film goes on, and he's been spiked, and he's tied up, and she starts, you know, like, I mean, toying with him, and making him try. Yeah. And, I she, yeah. like, sprays bleach in his mouth and stuff, and it's. It would be very interesting. I haven't spoken about this film in detail with with Carrie. I don't know if you've spoken this in with Emma in detail mm. either. But I wonder if it's... I don't know if it's just... I suppose... What, a male perspective? Male perspective mm. on it. Whether we have now sympathised with him because... Or empathised, I suppose. Well, I was, yeah. So I was about to say, it makes you feel sorry for a pedo. And then you're like, oh, hang on, he is a pedophile. But, but then you're also justifying it. Well, he hasn't done anything wrong and he, he doesn't seem like he's doing the wrong thing here. Is, is it actually him? Or is she just pinning this on mm. him about this other girl that's oh, gone missing? No, but this is... Yeah, the other, the other girl thing, yes. But... Just the way that she's treating him. Well, no, she, like, he's, there's no doubt in my mind I don't like him. Like, he's not a good person. No. At no point do I go, oh, bless him. But at points I go, this oh, should... Christ, yeah. that's, like, a lot. Yeah, if it, you, you empathise in the fact that you don't think, he shouldn't be experiencing what he's going through. Yes, yeah. there's, there's, there's a there's a court proceeding for a reason, I suppose, in yes. a way. But then you can also argue, if he is the person who's killing raping girls should something like this actually be what happens yes it's it's a lot but uh, i guess it's when it's when you're confronted and you're actually sort of seeing the castration bit and i think that is probably a male thing that was incredibly hard to watch and more so to listen to because it was by the, the point that she's got him on tidy. the table she's numbed him with ice he's busy trying to escape as well all that bit beforehand yeah. is so much build up and then you've got the video of it going on in the background so we can see what's happening mm. And she like, and you hear she's got like nail scissors, basically. Yeah, isn't it? They but, look like nail scissors. But don't worry, she's, she's like, she spent some time with her dad, and apparently it's the easiest thing that mm. anyone could do. So, and then she grinds them up in the waste disposal afterwards. That was that was probably the most visceral part for me. I was like, oh, that's that's an extra step that I. I, I just I thought the noises were so hard. It's like it's. It's exact. It sounds exactly like what you'd expect to hear. I think. I think the sound mixing this is very good. The audio is great. All of it is, I. Th- I think this is a really well made film. I think it's a good film, but I think it's a really well made film. 
the every shot was great, and when they do tussle, the camera work is phenomenal. Yes, they do, and obviously it turns out though the castration is all false. Yes, she's trying to get him to confess to the crimes, get this, and she's doing this as a way to mm. make him do it, and almost get him out of his comfort zone because then she's it's a cat and mouse game around the house. Sandra O oh is completely unnecessary in this film. Who no- the neighbor who knocks on the door? Yeah, so pointless. I think it's it's the point is that she gives you a glimmer of hope that he might be saved. Yeah, because but at then, that point you're still empathising with him that he can get mm. out. But then it... Did you see the turn, the idea that actually, oh no, I've already met the other guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you knew everything that she'd met the other person and told and they'd said that he had actually done it. What do you mean? Do at, the, at the very end... Yeah, I noticed that, yeah, where she says, oh, well, he said the exact same thing. And that's why he does it. Yeah. I, again, the other the other actress in this, I can't remember who it was, who drives up, who's his his partner, was completely unnecessary as well. I, they're, they're necessary, but there's no point getting named actors for those parts. They could be literally yeah. anyone. Yeah. It could have been your cameraman. <laughs> it could have been. And that's the thing. So there's the idea that he's escaped, they can chase around, they're talking it through. He's still pref- saying that he's innocent. There's nothing mm. there. They've sent an email and she's presenting to the police to get this woman yeah. back um, that he still loves. Yeah. And she just wants him to admit that he's done it and take his own life. Yeah. She doesn't want the blood on her hands. She promises she's going to get rid of all the evidence. Nothing's going to happen. And then and that, that shot's quite good as well. As he steps off the... Yeah. I thought it was a good shot. I thought Emma said to you that oh, that's a bit naff. Or that something else she said was a bit... When she came in at the end of you watching it. Yeah, she, well, I think she just... she was Yeah, I yeah I said it was... Um, yeah, she did. She did, actually. Yeah. She, did. she said it was a bit... I was like, oh, it was really, it was really, she was like, what, you thought that was, like, I was like, it was really well shot. She was like, that? I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think if you're looking at it from the perspective of what it is and how much it had, because, I mean, the budget is 950,000. That's a lot more than I thought that would be. It feels low budget. It feels real, real low budget. But then again, it's got two people who are, well, I mean, he's now had two big films essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. So budget does pick up on it it made about 7 million oh, worldwide so it didn't make a huge amount but obviously it's a 700% so it's like 7 times as much as he put into it it made a 20th of the cost of the Alamo nice yes it did <laughs> it did for, for, for you maths fans out there who like to know how much the Alamo cost <laughs> that's insane it, yeah isn't it I, I think this is one of those underrated, uh, I suppose, unseen gems by quite a few people. I don't think mm. I know they know they've seen it, but which is still the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely a horror film as well in its own way. It's a, it's a it's a tense thriller thriller, but thriller, yeah, it's um he had a really interesting quote about this. This is part of something that I wrote down and lost on the train because I'm an idiot. Um, but he said something along the lines he chose this one because it shows the horror of humanity. The idea that someone can do this sort of thing and you can empathise with the wrong person mm. in a situation. And that's that's mm. why he went for it. Um, it is based on something real as well. Because um, I think there's a documentary out called The Lollipop Girls or something along those lines. Who did very... Who were out baiting paedophiles and stuff like that. Oh, which okay. came out not f- far off the same time as this film. Well, so um, I, think, I think fair play, if I'm honest. I think... I don't know, and this and this is interesting because this is going to be a little common theme that's going to come back later. It's that vigilante justice thing, isn't it? Vigilante, 
sex young kids <laughs> no but yeah no but i mean yeah no, but my point being like the vigilante theme yeah do you agree with vigilantes in real life i mean that's is you're not meant to but i mean there's situations where you you could hear something's happened and you feel like taking things into your own hand as well yeah but do so do you think that like what the girls the lollipop girls or whatever no i don't think i don't think I think it, the way they're doing it is right to get a result. I just don't think the result they do is correct. Mm. There's a reason we have it in place. But then again, you can argue that certain people as well... I, we've had, I'm sure we've had this discussion before that corporal and capital punishment yeah. is right for some people. But we shouldn't... Because if there's... Without doubt that it is them that's done it and they they are truly a horrendous person, mm. what is the purpose of trying to rehabilitate them Yeah, for cost? There, there isn't much, is there? That's... There we go. Rather than being a business for it. Uh, working titles for this film called Vendetta, and one of them was called Snip Snip. Oh, I think, I think Hard Candy was the best one there. <laughs> I think it's the best one for it. I don't know why it wouldn't be. It was filmed in 18 days as well. That's quite a short film period, yeah, but that. it makes sense. Well, seeing as um, in the Alamo, the final battle... Was f- took six months to film that our final battle, Jesus, which only took six hours in real life. It seems like you you've put all your fact I got, finding into I the animal. I got I got week. I got distracted very early on in this report with the, with with that as well. So, what happened after life after Hard Candy? What happened after Hard Candy? Yeah. Well, two thousand six rolls around. Oh, okay. And we are met with his next film, which we also watched this week. Was that only a year after? Yeah. Only a year after. And at this point is where I feel that he gets his hair plugs. Yes, yes. Because I, I don't know, he's definitely thinning in this film, in Hard Candy. In our mm. next film, he has his hair all back, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I can't find anything about his hair plugs. I've <laughs> looked for it, and it was one of the things I wanted to find, but he's definitely had them. Because how could he not? <laughs> um, so what's the next film that we watched? Uh, the next film? Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, the guy who directed that, mm. um, that was his first film he ever did. He also did the Black Air Mirror Bandersnatch. Oh, one. okay, fair. Um, That's cool. And also Twilight Saga Eclipse. So, I mean, he's a bit of mixed, mixed hit-or-miss hit mm. films, isn't he, really? Um, so, yes. So, the next film we are going to talk about is the film from 2006, Little Children. Yes. First time you've seen it? Yeah. First Kate, Kate Winslet gets her boobs out. She does. Yeah. So I'm surprised it's the first time you've seen it because yeah. you normally look for nudity in films. I'm all about that. He is. Uh, he's, he's a child still. Nudity. Um, <laughs> so I guess I will try and do this film in a minute. Tell me when to start and I'll go for it. Yeah, I mean, you can start Yeah. now. Cool. So uh, Kate Winslet is um, a mother of a child with a disinterested father and husband who neglects their needs. She's a stay-at-home mum who goes to the park and isn't part of the inn group um there's a man who comes in who they call the prom king who is patrick wilson um he has just shows up to the park occasionally does um this sort of just sees it around and they they're all aware of him and they all fancy him whilst it's going on jackie earl haley's character has just been released from prison who is known as a who's a known paedophile or sexual offend, uh, offender he exposed himself to a small child um and he's just been released there are now flyers everywhere around about who he is and what he's doing this film follows 
the two characters, Patrick Wilson and Kate Winslet, as they slowly get closer and closer, finding that they need each other and they need that connection in the world that's going on, whilst also being fearful for Jackie Earl Haley's character, who does show up to the pool at some points just to show that he's still around. Whilst this is going on, Jackie Earl Haley is also harassed by the police, off-duty police officers. Those two decide they're going to run away together. The off-duty police officer accidentally kills Jackie Earl Haley's mother. He then takes it upon himself to run out during then the two of them trying to plan to leave and castrate himself in a public park, at which point we reach the end of the film because they realise their lives are better as they were before. Yeah. Well done. That was a minute 20. It's a long film. Yeah, It's a, it's a long film. film. I was, They're I was, all long films, aren't they? They, they are. And, and this one, I... Yeah, so... I'm looking forward to doing the next one in under a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the longest of the lot. So, yeah. They're all long. We haven't... No, they do not do films under two hours. No, I know. <laughs> but um, so this was the first time you'd watched. First, Kenya. first time I'd watched it. Um, I was aware of it as a film again, um, mm. mainly because of Jackie O'Haley, because I think he's a really interesting character. I think he's a good person. actor, and he's just one of those people. This, this was his first film back into acting after a fourteen-year hi- hiatus for Jackie O'Haley. Really, he just couldn't get cast of things. He actually went for. I think one of his last films he'd went for was Nightmare on Elm Street mm. with his friend Johnny Depp who wasn't auditioning and Johnny Depp got the part instead of him. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, he dropped off. He'd been doing like taxi work and done little jobs here and there. And essentially they remembered him for this film and another film that he did at the mm. same time, uh, All the King's Men. Yeah. He just plucked yeah, out there. And, and then he was, and he was nominated for an Oscar for this film, Jackie yeah. O'Haley. Which I think is fair. Deserved, yeah. Patrick Wilson and uh, Kate Winslet. Good. Good. I mean, they're both, they're both good actors in their own right. I think. Yeah, it's it's a really good film. Um, I was busy doing a little bit of research for this film before I started watching it, and it came up on a list of best horror movies to show your kids. Which Interesting. Was, which was a strange one because obviously it's quite it's very adult themes throughout it. Um, it's incredible. I don't think as a kid you take it you, you get half the themes it was it was like a mum's net thing this. in America or something along those lines where it was like but you need to scare your kids to make sure they know that there are paedophiles out yeah. there you have to be careful um, I don't agree with that yeah. <laughs> myself it's a very very well written piece this I think well, it's, it's and this this is what I, I the second it started going I was like oh this is based on a book because yes. you've got it's got a narrator yeah uh, it was an interesting choice, wasn't it, the narrator? I don't know who voiced it. I recognised the voice, but I don't know who the other check now it was. Um, it felt like the guy who narrates the Big Lebowski, <laughs> but it wasn't. I don't think. But he, it's the whole thing is narrated throughout, and so you get these sort of there are like side views into these people's lives. So a little bit of background that may be needed to show why a certain character does something is all done by a narrator. As, and it's it's almost a flashback, but it's not. It doesn't feel like that. They're quite sideways. It's very much like, just so you're aware, this has also been happening. And it's yeah. like, oh, right. It is. It's, it's, it's obviously not happening at the same time, but then it ties into the story as well at the right yeah. point. It's very, very, very well done. I think it's a good... Well, I haven't read the book, but it seems like a good adaptation from book to film so yeah the the guy who is the narrator is will lyman he was also in mystic river he doesn't he's done quite a few things he doesn't seem to be a big no actor that's around but he's got a lovely voice hmm. he's, he, well he's a narrator in half of his credits there 
It does seem that way. Yeah, he's he's got a wonderful voice. He's pretty he's pretty good for audiobooks, isn't he? Mm. Um, pretty does the audiobook for that. That'd be a good shout, wouldn't that'd it? That'd be cool, actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she is just unhappy. She's she doesn't come across. It sounds bad. She doesn't come across as a good mum. She she comes across as a mum who's just at the end of his te- of her tether. She's still a good mother yeah. with it, but she just seems fraught because her husband just mm. isn't caring or helping, and she is isolated from the other mums because she isn't interested. Mm. I think the idea there is obviously she's. Well, she has. She's got her master's in English. She wants yeah. to do a PhD. She was going to do a PhD, but never finished her thesis. She's someone who isn't living the life that she wants to live. She feels ca- caught. Oh, she's in... in a bit of a middle ground. Yes. Which, um, which he is as well. Yeah. Because he's failed the bar. He's trying to take the bar exam again. Um, there's a lot to talk about in this film. If we were to go through like scene start by to scene, plot. yeah. So I don't think we should. I think we should take key themes and moments. Yeah. Um, what do, What did you think about the affair? So they have an affair. They have an affair. So it's a slow build up, but the beginning of it is like she goes over to talk to him after talking to the other three women, the three witches of their bloody cauldron. Mm. Um, and she goes across to talk to him, and they've got a little bet on that she can't get his phone number. Mm. So she goes across to him, and they start talking. It's the first time they've met, this sort of thing. And he's like, oh, you're the first person who's spoken to me. And then they, she realises she has no paper or doesn't have a phone with yeah, her. Yeah, she doesn't have a And he doesn't, no, he doesn't have a phone, does he? No. He doesn't have a mobile. Um, or a cell phone, as it is over there, I suppose. Um, and she goes, George would really throw him off if you gave me a hug. Mm. So they go in for a hug, and then they kiss. Yeah. Afterwards, you know, after they have the hug, George would do even more. They kiss, but it's very much an inviting of a situation which I don't think either of them really felt they were going to do, mm. but then they did. <laughs> it, and and at that point, the doors open and they almost separate and they don't see each other for a while, even though yeah, even though they've said, "Oh, I'm here every day and whatnot." Yeah, he mentions the pool and then yeah. they build up to this affair, which I think happens. I think it's weird to say the affair happens naturally. <laughs> But it doesn't feel like it's been forced. The affair—it's you meet, you see what's happening with her partner behind yeah. the scenes because he's obsessed with this slutty K, slutty K, this chat girl who can send mm. underwear through to him and mm. stuff like that. And his his wife does nothing wrong. His wife really does nothing wrong. It's just she's got a full time job. She does go right. Well, you're not having this now. And she does cut things out of his. Mm. Spending like you're not allowed a phone, you're not allowed this, you're not allowed that mm. because like all his mag- magazines. So she's quite controlling in that way, but I suppose it's trying to make him focus on what he's meant to do. She's just trying to help him progress. Mm. Um, but the thing is, and it and it's a great culmination in that the at the end, all that all that this affair is to them is that they were the it gave them what they felt they needed from their lives. So it gave her someone who was good with her kids and looked after her, her kids because they like swapped kids also, a couple of times. But that's but that's what it is. It replaced it. It gave her another half basically, and then it gave him the sort of the child or not child it, like the 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 being young, which is what he strives for, as he says when he's watching like the yeah. kids skate. And also, it's the physical. Act of sex, I suppose, for him as well, because 
He's oh, just not. He's yeah. not doing. That's what's going on. The first time they're having sex, it's when she turns to him and goes, "Do you feel bad about this?" Because yeah. I don't. Is what she says. And then no, goes, no, no. He's no. He does. She doesn't. I thought it was the other way around. No, I'm sure it's the other way around. I'm sure it's her that feels. No, feels she feels. She feels bad, and he goes, "No." I don't know how to Google this. Who feels bad in sex doesn't really work, does it? Um, I'm sure it's that way around because the idea is that she has been looking for that sort of connection with a human Mm. whilst he's just having sex, but he still loves his partner while she doesn't. I'm sure it's that way around because obviously... I feel like he's almost about to cry in that bit. He's like, I I feel really bad. But they keep going. I was sure it was him that said he doesn't. We can have, we can remember we can, this we later. Can, yeah, but... <laughs> we'll, I, put, we'll put it in the post. We'll, we'll, <laughs> it was we'll, right. Yeah, we'll find out. I'll, I'll skip to that scene. Um, but yeah, the sex scenes as oh, well. Yeah, that's is... the only reason you skip into that scene. Yeah, that's the only reason. Um, <laughs> well, to see his fat traps. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, well, he is <laughs> built in this as well. Um, but yeah, is it, that's I mean, I understand it, and obviously there's the build up, and she gets invited to dinner. The mm. idea of them almost getting found because the wife's going, "Oh, what's the name? Oh, I don't remember her name." He's the worst liar in the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly. And I was, it was weird. I was frustrated. I was, I was angry that he was a bad liar. I was like, "You can get away with this," <laughs> which is not the right thing for someone who's just got engaged. I felt, I felt really, I felt really, really, really bad for the wife. To be fair, yeah, his, she she had done literally nothing wrong. The yeah. other, the other, the the other husband was literally like talking to another woman. Obviously, yeah. he wasn't doing anything physical. And Jennifer Jennifer Connelly was a really good actress as well, and she was given mm. nothing in this film. No, yeah, but what she was given, I think she did really well. I can't think of what else big she's been. Oh, Requiem for a Dream, a Beautiful Mind. Yeah, yeah, she is good. <laughs> she is good, but she wasn't given very much in this, no. unfortunately. And I, I, I think that's a shame. I, I think the ending is really good in this. Yeah, really good. The ending makes this film. The last 20 minutes or so. Mm. Really, really good. And... Uh, uh, actually, it's, it's from when he it's from when he scores the touchdown. It all... Boof, it takes yeah. off, doesn't it? Um, he scores the touchdown. James O'Healy is, is breakdown. Yeah. Um, Jackie O, isn't it? Jackie O, sorry. But yeah, it has his breakdown. That is hard watching what he's doing there. Him crying in there. I don't know what. And then obviously the other guy has to help him, who's in everything as well, isn't he? <laughs> the the, mm. the guy who's who's his friend. But they basically they they decide to run off. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, they decide to run we off are being together. Quite vague. I do apologise on this one. And and as they're going to where they arranged to meet up. She gets there early. She's waited for him, so she goes and plays on the swings with her kid. Um, he Jackie O'Hare turns up and is in like, tears, distraught. In tears. She goes up to check on him, leaving the kid. The kid then goes missing for a little bit. She's running around screaming like, "Where, where are you?" and all that. And she gets the kid, and she realizes then that she can't have this affair because she needs to be there for the kid and with the kid. The, on the flip side, where he's going to get to the place, he ends up running slightly late because he stops to, um, what does he stop to? Oh, like, well, I don't know how to say it. He stops to watch these people, or he always watches these people skateboard, these kids, 
and he always says oh like you hear in his mind it's like oh i always wanted to do that and be young again sort of thing yeah and they give him a go they let it's his first time and he's, he's not he's yeah to go. He, and he's gonna literally just all he's planning to do is an ollie over these or is that six steps just down some steps yeah what do i say is just that i mean it's hard oh, no, no, it's <laughs> And, but I thought the uh, implication is that he had skated before and stuff. But I, I don't think he had. I think the the implication was that he'd never really had the chance to, to live that, yeah. because he'd always been focused on what his career was going to be. I mean, law school is a, especially in America, mm. compared I, I think compared to over here, is is a far more dedicated, far harder profession, far yeah. more strenuous one the whole way through. Um, not to discount anyone who's done a law degree or gone into being doing law or anything like that. I just think mm. that that's the way it works, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he just falls, he crashes, he doesn't work, and they both realise this is what they need to do. What they what they should be doing is going back to their family, because they're who need them. That's what needs them. It's not right for them, necessarily. No, I get you. But it's it's what they feel is the right thing at the time. Mm. Basically saying that affairs are bad. Yeah. <laughs> affairs are bad. Um, we didn't do this for the last one, and I forgot to do it for the last one. Oh, rating. rating. What would you give this? Well, do you want to do hard candy? Um, sling back. Quickly. Yeah, hard candy. I would give hard. He's in a lot of good films, actually. I would give the hard candy a four out of five, three and a half to four. Four, I think. I'm the four out of five. Okay, I'd I'd probably give hard candy about a three. Yeah, I think three and a half is probably yeah. what I'm going to go for. So three, three and a half for mm-hmm. for hard candy. This film, what are we going for? Four, four and a half. I'm giving this a four. Yeah, this is better than Hard Candy in my mind. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. It's just so this is really, yeah, this is really, really well done, really well written. Yeah, it's a great film. Well done. Cool. Well done, all involved. Yeah, well done, you. Clap, clap, clap. Pat, pat on the back. Pat. <laughs> yeah, this isn't condescending at all to you guys. Um, so yeah, he did did this one, which was was good. Then in 2006, he was in the Golden Globe nominated Running with Scissors, okay. um, which directed by Ryan Murphy. No, you know who Ryan Murphy is? Oh. American Horror Story, Glee. Oh, okay. The guy yeah, who yeah, just yeah. is going off and doing like the assassination of Giovanni Versace and all. Oh, that. So yeah, yeah. Same, yeah, same yeah, guy yeah. who's like running all these ones. So yeah, that was his one of his things. Mm. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna sort of just list a couple of films now because, as I said, he hasn't done a lot in his personal life that is mm. fully aware. I mean, things. I'm just gonna mention a few things he's done in his personal life, which just sort of happen. At any points, yeah. Um, so he's given keynote speeches back at his univer- uh, university that he went mm. to. Um, he in 2012 he also did the band Van Wilson, which was him and his two brothers to raise money for dogs. Nice. Um, he sung the national anthem at a Mets game with him and uh, Stephen Colbert. So yeah. he's done, he's done, it's like a few things here and there, but everything he does seems to be sort of behind closed doors. And also, I don't think he's one of these actors that people are bashing down the door to try and get pictures no. of him. He seems like a guy who's in a marriage, who's happy in his marriage, mm. with his kids, doing a job that he loves. I mean, he even said that he wouldn't go. He would go back to Broadway if the right thing presented. It. It's not mm. like he doesn't want to. He just chooses the right parts that are right for him, mm. and he's happy to work on both coasts, both LA and yeah, and right. New York. So we'll go through his films in sort of order. We we'll give a little bit of an idea of what we've seen of them. Um, next one after Running with Scissors was Purple Violets, which I haven't seen. Mm. Evening again, I haven't seen. This is all two thousand and seven, and Brothers Three in American Gothic. Haven't seen any of those. Recognise the name, but I don't know. Uh, 2008, we had Life in Flight. Again, has missed me. Mm-hmm. Then we had Lakeview Terrace, which I have seen. Mm. Him with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. in that. I thought it was an enjoyable film. Fair. I thought it was a good film. There's, there's a bit of terror, a bit of intrigue. Um, 
fires at the end of it, if I remember correctly. But it's all it's all good. Um, it's not the film I thought it was going to be going into it. It's one of those ones which has been marketed, I think, in the wrong way. And if it marketed appropriately, it'd have done much better. Um, Passengers was also 2008, which I have seen. Not to be confused with the other Passengers. I have not seen. <laughs> Passengers is the one with um, Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's the one that I thought. I thought he was bad. in that. I, was like, I don't remember him that. No, this is Rachel Wise. No, um, Anne Hathaway. Oh. It was in with him and Anne Hathaway. A grief counselor working with a group of plane crash survivors finds herself in the root of a mystery with a client as a client starts to disappear. That sounds interesting. Weird. That sounds like Lost. Five point nine on IMDb because that's what I'm looking at it as, which is not a strong score. Um, but yeah, then we what hit after this two thousand and nine where we hit. One of our other films that we looked at this oh, week. God, here we go. Yeah, best of luck doing this in a minute. It's three and a half hours, unless you want to do the director's cut, and then you've got four and a half hours you've got to try and do in a minute. Okay, right. Give me a sec, and I will. Right, I'll, right, I'll prepare myself. I think I really? know where I need to go for this. From the beginning to the end, in a minute. That's where you need to go. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, okay. Don't worry, we will be watching you. Oh, hey. but who watches you? No, no one. Um, they listen. Ready, steady, and cook. Red okay, so uh, it's 1960s. Band of vigilantes called the Watchmen, or the Minutemen, form themselves. They then disband. Some of them grow old. Some of them die. Um, they are actually a few of them get lynched, and um, they then go into hiding. Except for a few of them who are still around. You have uh, the comedian, um, and He's still active. Night Owl is still active, but it's the second generation of Night Owl. And same with Silk Spectre. Dr. Manhattan, who is sort of an alien, but he was created by an atomic bomb. He's like, he was a watchmaker. He's around. And they basically... Yeah, I'm getting there. (laughs) So the comedian is killed. Rorschach finds him. And... This is where we start the film. Yeah, um, that was a minute just to sort of set yeah, the stage. I, yeah, I know it's it's a long film. Um, so from this point on, there is it's basically who killed the comedian. A mystery unravels itself. Various relationships come out. You have a flash into the past where it turns out the comedian wasn't the nice guy. Well, no one thought he was a nice guy, but he was a lot worse than everyone thought he was. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> oh nice Siri was recording all of that Siri's trying to help you do this in a minute um, and it culminates in a plot to create world peace being led by one of the watchmen called Ozymandias he has harnessed the power that is used to create uh, Dr Manhattan and he disguises it as Dr. Manhattan's doing, setting off exposures all the way around the world. Um, the world reacts and turns on Dr. Manhattan, uh, lust uniting everyone in peace, finally. Rorschach ain't happy. Rorschach dies. <laughs> I lost track of how long that was. I think it was about two and a half minutes. Might have been a bit... I don't think that's bad going. No, it's, it's, it's a lot of film. And I mean... It's a whole lot of film. I mean, and it... even more lot of comic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean... I assume you've seen this before. Yeah. Yes. hundred times. I assume, I, I assume you've read it before as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on the same page. hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we both read it. We've both seen it. Um, seen the director's cut? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
this, this is, is this is this is what I knew Patrick Wilson for going into this. This is the film that you knew him for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So I thought it might be something like I don't know, Insidious or The Conjuring or something along those lines. I have yet to see Insidious. We probably should have put that in the films. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this this film is great. Yeah. This is Zack Snyder making a comic book film the way that a comic book film should be made when it's like this. When he made Before. it, no, but he made yeah. it. Oh, he's made some changes to it. I'm this was honest. this was the really. I mean, other than no one counts Blade. This was the first R-rated comic book movie. Yes, really. Blade, Blade doesn't count. Blade was shit, no. and and Blade wasn't really Blade. Blade was an excuse to get vampires. Yeah, and someone Wesley, on the screen get some Wesley Snipes out there. <laughs> yeah, basically, and because um, you can do some sweet kicks. This was it was done well, and it was dark, and it was gritty. And I think the director's edition is actually better. Well, yeah, yeah. The long, the longer version where you've yeah. actually got the. Um... So yeah, so alongside all this, it's based on a comic called Watchmen. Funnily enough, um, written by Alan Moore, who is renowned for like his incredibly writing, detailed yeah. and amazing comic book it, writing. It's, it's his world building that really makes it. As yeah, well, isn't it? and within the comic book, the difference being that rather than harnessing um, Doctor Manhattan's power, he actually. Ozymandias actually gets an alien and basically explodes it across the world. And that is all told throughout the comic in the form of a story about a pirate who's like shipwrecked. He's played by Jared Butler in the Who film. Who is played by Jared Butler in the film. So this is it. In the director's cut, you, you have this alongside as a cartoon. They never actually filmed this in person. No, um, he's just that would, have been, that would have been way it's, too much. It's the way that it should be done. Yeah. I, 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 that's the way he wanted it done, because it's the comic book inside mm. the comic book. You, if you start yeah. filming everything, it just throws it off in my mind. But, um, but it's very clever, very good start to finish. There's a few great moments in this. I mean, there's there's a lot of great moments. Jackie Earl Healy is in this. This is the first thing I saw him in, and he he stole the show in this. I think. He did. Um, I mean, the thing is, though, Raw, Raw Shark is such a good character. Yeah. It's hard not to... One, yeah. Anyone you cast in that part is going to steal the show, I think. Even though they're under a mask. Yeah. Because, I mean, him and Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing the comedian. Mm. He's such a despisable character. Great. He's good in that as well, isn't mm. he? Night Owl, which is Patrick Wilson, is a bit of a... He's a bit of a whip, isn't he? He's, well, he's, a bit sort, like... he's sort of Batman, but not quite. He's like budget Batman, isn't he? I thought you were calling him Budgie Batman. Then. Budgie Batman. <laughs> He's... No, Budgie's his uh, psychic. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, he is, he's, he's like Batman without the huge finance behind him. Yeah. And without the self-confidence. Yeah. I suppose. It's like, imagine, instead of it being the rich kid who's good at football makes it the whole way through, it's the kid that's been bullied his whole life, but <laughs> yeah. hasn't gone villain, has just gone, you know what, I'll try and do good things, but if I can't, oh well, at least I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> feels that way doesn't it and even the original Night Owl feels like a bit more kick-ass than he does which is a shame oh, that... the original Night Owl is good which Who's is played by he's famous and all they're all famous I think they are this was an incredibly incredibly like well well done cast what are you like what's you said play Silk Spectre what's her name oh, oh. They're all, sorry let's go through them because um, this is I mean if 
if anyone listening has not seen Watchmen, so it's no uh, matter who you are, watch. The thing is, the thing is, they're all people you recognise but don't necessarily know the names mm. of as well. So it's Malin Aikerman plays Sel Spectre. Yeah, Billy Crudup, who I've already mentioned, yeah, plays Doctor Manhattan. Matthew Good plays Ozymandias. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's amazing. He's one of my favourite. Or Ozymandias, depending on how you want to say his name. Ozymandias, I think. I've always read him. Always read him as Ozymandias. Oh really? Well, that's and my dad. Oh, it's Egyptian, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Jackie Haley, obviously. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Patrick Wilson, Carla Gugino. Uh, oh yeah, she, is the original Silk Spectre. She I mean, was in. What film was she? She's she's she was in. They're a, all she in. was in another film that we reviewed, I think. Yeah, they, 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 I mean, they, they've all got not massive. What's, what's the older uh, Rorschach called? Not Rorschach, Night Owl called. I don't know. Uh, was it Wally Weaver? No, it's not. You're not going to see him on there, are you? No. It doesn't matter, really, does it? Um, but this film is what... It, this is the reason that he then start, he started... Got, he got, like, the Superman gig. It's the reason he got all the sort of DC property, Zack Snyder, but then was mm. penned in by DC. Mm. That's what I think the this, issue is. No, yeah, it's and this is this is what Zack Schneider could have done with Schneider. All. He's not he's not Rob Schneider's Schneider, brother. Schneider <laughs> could have done with all of it. I always say that. But he's he, that's it. This is he's a visual director. He's yeah. come out of the same school. He's come out of the same. Uh, he comes out of the same school as Michael, Michael Bay. Bay Michael Bay, David Fincher, and Tarsem Singh all graduated same mm. year, same place. They're visualist directors, and he has his style. And this is also a passion project. Clearly, he clearly loves the Watchmen, the source mm. material. I know he changes bits. He changed the end. But he also, it, he also, he yeah. also changed a part in the in the um, prison scene, which I was annoyed about. You know when they cut, they cut off his arms oh, in, yeah. the, in the film, but obviously in the actual prison thing in the comics, they drill through oh, the guy yeah. to the lock. Which it's little things like that, but I, but I don't care that they made those changes. No. Although it's a point that I always go, "Oh, that's the bit that I I remember distinctly when I first ever watched this film." The bit because I read the comic before mm-hmm. watching the film. Same, yeah. And the bit that I didn't like was throughout the comic, Rorschach is this is this yeah, sort of life. just this normal. Yeah, but he's I say normal person. He's not normal. He's really not normal. Um, they did the becoming of Rorschach, like all the sort of childhood trauma. They did that mm. quite well, mm-hmm. but he's like. He's not the best fighter, you know, like in the comics, there's a bit where he's trying to run away from the police and they literally, they just get one swipe at him yeah. and he's, and he's down because he's not, that's not who he he's is. He's a small yeah. guy, isn't he? And this, in this, and scene, in this, he like fights off an entire battalion and then breaks his, or twists his ankle, jumping out a window in a blaze of glory. But and it, that was like, it still feels fe- a little raw shock. This, it, yeah. Like fallible. The fact that he literally just jumps out of a window, should be fine. Instead he sprains his ankle yeah. so they catch him. It's like, oh. Yeah. But I that I think you also missed the bits of him because obviously he's the guy who's also in the comics is the end is nigh yeah. and the signs and that's all missed because we don't have any of the comic book vendor discussion. You see them like at the end, you get that still that image of them hugging each other. Yeah. Honestly, this film I love. I love this film, and if you like comic book films and you haven't seen this, if you like superhero sort of vigilante that sort, I don't of, even if you even if you haven't, or sorry, even if you don't, even if you. If you like action movies, you can watch it. If you like thrillers, you can watch it. It's it's just a very good I, movie. Yeah, I don't feel it lulls. That's the thing. Mm. I don't feel because there's so much content behind yeah. it. <laughs> it's it's hard for it to lull because it has to keep it's, moving forward. Even though it's three hours, whatever, it's still it's a condensed version. <laughs> oh, do you know what the I also like? The fact is that the I can't remember the name of it now. Um, 
Osmandias's cat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's a bee, but but um, yeah. I can't remember But so underutilized compared to what it is in the comic mm-hmm. as well. Just literally shows up for that one scene that then yeah, and then wasn't. It, oh, I don't know. I, vaporized. Vaporized. I think this is a really good film. I think this is what, and this is what I think a comic book film should be. Mm. A darker thing. This is anyway, This is the way I think DC should have done its films. This is the way it should have gone forward with its Had franchises. Had DC launched all of their films as 18s, they'd have been in the money still. Yeah. Like, way more than they are now. If they'd done yeah, hard Batman, if they'd done like real... Yeah. I mean, but then they could have gone and... Well, not they wouldn't be able to absorb AD comics, but you could have then got like a proper... Another Judge Dredd, yeah, which had gone down exactly. that same route and it just all build from there. Yeah. Um, I just let Marvel have its own little happy fun time in the corner and make it more. Which like is the this. way the comics are. <laughs> Which is the way the comics are and the way it should be on on screen. Yeah. Um, this is um, interesting facts about obviously um, Patrick Wilson for this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he got this part, but this is not the first superhero film he's um, auditioned for. He auditioned for Superman, Daredevil before oh, this. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also beaten by Ben Affleck or beaten the... by, beaten by yeah. Ben Affleck, and then he also auditioned for the Fantastic Four. I was beaten by um, um, Reese Evans. It's not Reese Evans. What's no. his name? The, if, it was for Mister Fantastic, though I believe. Yeah. Um, the Swedish. He's got a Swedish name. No, he's a Welsh guy. What? The original Miss. Oh, I say original. The Fantastic Four. Yeah. He's got a Swedish surname, doesn't he? No. Let's let's have a look at this. I can't remember what year it was. What what year was it? Two thousand and five. Maybe. Uh, it's old. That's yeah, that one. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at this. This is, again, this is a little debate. Who are you? Yeah. Ian Griffith. Oh. Or <laughs> <laughs> Ian Griffith it is. No, it might be Ian. I can't remember. But yeah, he's definitely Welsh. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, about, as, he's about as Welsh as a name can be. Yeah, it is. Christ. <laughs> I totally thought it was a Swedish Yeah, he name. went for that and didn't get it as well. But he'd obviously gone for mm. Superior Flowers. And then he got this, which I think is a better film than either of those two films would have been before. So yeah. he lucked out, really. Yeah, and, well and, done him. And I think this is the film that really made him and blew him into mainstream attention as well. And mm. started getting the pickups. Um, yeah. Do you want to give this a rating? Just because I realise the time now is yeah, now in 20 in. So I thought... He, the, I mean, this film is... To me, it's a it's a five star film. It's I could watch it and I could watch it and I could watch it and I could watch it. And yeah, I could watch it. This is the same for me. I, I mean, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna give it four and a half star. Five star for the director's cut because I think it's that little yeah, bit better. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna do it that way. So four and a half, five star for director's not a, cut. Not a ten, and then the director's goes to eleven. No, I'm not gonna go five. <laughs> I, I I honestly I I love yeah. that film, and that's that, but then again, I think it also works that it came out in 2009, which is again peak time for me to go to the cinema and see something like this. Yeah, exactly. Fair. I think I'm gonna saw it with my dad. I don't. I don't think I ever saw this in the cinema. I saw this in the cinema. I think I saw it with my dad because my dad actually lent me his copy of the Watchmen comics because he oh, had nice, it from when he yeah. was young as well. well I say young, but yeah, he had it, so he knew the sort of music excited for it to come out and really enjoyed it as well. So yeah, fair. 2009. Yeah, I was 17 at the time, so it just it's just the again it's that pulpy teenage angst driven yeah. thing that it needs to be. And then obviously he made Sucker Punch afterwards as well. Um, so Patrick also Wilson, a good movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> either. Um, then after this, he didn't really do much else in 2009. He was in American Dad for an episode. Oh, he was in the A Team. Yeah, he. Do you not remember? He was the antagonist of the A Team. He was. He's the bad guy. He's the guy who makes him do the. They're all oh, after. Yeah. So he's he's lynching that. Um, he was also in Family Jewels that year, in a film called The Switch. Oh, I know The Switch oh. with um, 
Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Jason Bateman, he's yeah, he's one of the nice yeah. guys that he's friends with. I completely forgot he was in that. And then 2010, oh, there we, go, yeah. we also get Insidious, which is not a film we're going to discuss, um, but I think it helps him move forward with his Scream Kings persona. Mm. I really like Insidious. Karis really likes Insidious. I like it all up until I... the last 10 minutes. What? And it's terrifying. Then I think it's crap. Oh. The second I see what it is, it ruined it for me. I, I, I really want to see Insidious because I like me some horror, but... I just haven't got round to it. It's worth a while. She's worth. Emma hates. Yeah, Emma's horror. Emma's scared of everything. <laughs> Emma's scared of everything. <laughs> um, that same year, we also got Morning Glory, the Rachel McAdams one where she's trying to be a newscaster. I think it's also got Harrison Ford. Oh, I don't know. It. Eh, it's okay. all right. It's not great. It's in there. Um, the Ledge then came out the following year, which I don't even know what it no. is. Um, Young Adult came out, which I started watching this week. Um, Any good? Uh, I didn't like it. I couldn't get into it. I really struggled to get into it. It's Charlize Theron um, playing. Okay. Um, she's a writer who's writing a young adult fiction thing, and she's basically coming back to break, get back her old boyfriend, which is Patrick Wilson, who's just had a baby with his wife. Fair. With Patton Os- Oswalt in it as well. So it's got some good bits in there. It's just it wasn't a film that really rung true for me, unfortunately. Okay. And then he also uh, was the lead in the series A Gifted Man as Dr. Michael Holt in that time, which. I do remember seeing coming out. It's on, mm. I think it's on Amazon Prime at the moment. Yeah. Um, which I haven't actually seen. Um, but yeah, it should be worth. He was also... Then in, I'm going to do a couple of bits here and there now because it starts. Prometheus, he was a little bit in there. Mm. Then we've got The Conjuring, which is another one of his screen games. Yeah, that was one it? of his huge ones. Um, which I really think is good. I think The First Conjuring is a good film. Yeah. Um, Fair. Up again until the last one. It's the thing with me in horror films. The second it starts getting like, oh, look, no, there's ghosts. And everything as as like, as I'll go, ah, oh, well, I've lost everything. I'm, I'm as like, soon as they're like, oh, this is the I like thing. I like the tension, the building to it, like what's going on, what's happening. That's why, why Alien was the best Alien film. Aliens is argued as, as the best Yeah, film I know, now. but that's because it's wrong. It's action, isn't it? And all that. Yeah, right. and they always miss out four. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stretch. So, yeah, um, which is not come out this year it came out the following year but thank you for bringing oh. that film no it's... so then obviously there was Insidious Chapter 2 which I haven't seen but I've only heard meh things from he was also in Stretch as you mentioned um, a few things here and there but I'm just going to skip ahead to 2015 now yeah which comes to the next film we, we're going to discuss um, which is Bone Tomahawk and I think my favourite on the list is it? I think so. I said it was going to be when yeah. I sent it to you, didn't I? It's right up my street. So am I? Gonna, I'm going to have to describe Bone Tomahawk in a <laughs> minute. Yeah. Go. All right. Well, now. Yeah, we'll go when, now. Whenever you want. So Bone Tomahawk takes place in Phoenix, in Arizona, doesn't it? It takes place in the West. Um, essentially, these two men disturb a burial ground for what are called the cave people. Yeah, the cave people. Um, they run off. They basically come to a town which is sheriffed by Kurt Russell, yeah. um, which is great. Um, he then talks to the man. The man gets arrested. Then the, the cave people come, take the man away. They also capture uh, the wife of Patrick Wilson. They also capture the deputy as well. And essentially, four men go on a t- trip to go get them back. Four men are Matthew Fox, yeah. Patrick Wilson, <laughs> Kurt Russell, and another man whose name I cannot remember. Who's uh, the dad in... Um, Dern. Is it Bruce Dern? No, it's not. I'm thinking no. of someone else. It's... 
Can't his name. He's the dad in the proposal. <laughs> so I, oh no no not in the proposal. He's the dad in. <laughs> oh god! You're, you're talking into my minute. I'm definitely not finishing it in this. But essentially, they go yeah, off. Yeah. Um, everything goes wrong on this trip as they try to rescue the people. Patrick Wilson's leg is crap. Mm-hmm. He essentially saves them in the end and leaves Kurt Russell there to to avenge them all and take yeah. the lives of those around him. That's it, essentially. Oh, he's the it? dad in Step Brothers. Um, <laughs> Richard Jenkins, that's his name. Yeah. Um, You've never seen this one before, have you? No. No. Had you? I thought I'd seen it. Uh, I'd watched a different film instead, so okay, I, this is the first time watching it. But what do you think of it then? Great. Really good film. Really good film. Like, I, I love I... it. I love any film that's like, you know, that sort of natural light and like. It's also a yeah. western, which helps. Westerns are great. I, I really like. I really like the the, the western because this, as you said, two thousand fifteen. This is like recently has been a, resurg- a resurgence in westerns, haven't there? Like, yeah. And it's it's no longer spaghetti westerns, which I do it's still modern, enjoy. It's almost like modern westerns now, isn't it? Yeah, and I really like it because they they they're just they're just they don't hold back. I feel like it's almost like No Country for Old Men really knocked it into yeah. into gear. Like two thousand six, we started getting that, and suddenly, yeah. I mean, between that and Tarantino's last what three ventures, yeah. It's yeah. I think it's I think it's. Phenomenal. And also, this is obviously like a Western horror. Would you yeah. say? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah it's I'd a Western agree. horror in in ways as well. Um, it's the writers and directors' first foray into writing and directing, which is insane. How how mad is that? Mm. This is potentially one of the best debut films by a director I can think of. Like they've also written, like it's all them. Mm. It, it's just Crazy it's, Wild Dogs. Yeah, but no, I agree. <laughs> but, it's, but like modern wise, yeah. just, it's just because it, it's interesting. It's different. Then obviously his follow ups have all been very different. It's good to see a writer who's trying to do something new rather than rehash yeah. the same thing every every time. Everyone in this is great. I honestly do think that uh, Patrick Wilson might be one of the best actors best parts in this yeah i th- i mean i think all four of the the ones who go on the trek are i don't think you can fault they're any all of them well-defined characters of what they're trying I'm to very good actors. i i was incredibly Ma- surprised by Ma- matthew fox matthew fox threw me in. really 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 got me on side for this one because all all i know matthew fox from, for those of you who don't who don't know who we're talking about by name lost, he's the yeah, lead in yeah. lost and it it's it's just totally not that character. No, I went and looked. He's not done anything since then. What? That's the last film he's been in. Christ. Fair, I mean, fair play. He just went, yeah, cool. He's just, he's just not doing much. He's known for Bone Tomahawk and Lost. <laughs> but I think that's totally fair. And he's great in it. Um, honestly, I do think that Richard Jenkins is so funny in this. It mm. makes me laugh throughout it. Mm. Patrick Wilson... Patrick Wilson has a thing with uh, problems with limbs and problems like he's been castrated in this. He's got he's his been, leg. It's just in all of them, except for little children, there's some injury or just ailment. Yeah, he's he's, given his, he's a very his fallible and broken man. Yeah. I think that's the problem with Patrick Wilson. The sh- David Arquette is in the beginning of this. Yes, it's David um, Arquette yeah. and Sid Haig from uh, who's recently passed away, unfortunately. Mm. Um, you're from like House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, or something. Who um, was yeah. some of the best clown Emma, makeup in Emma the world? Emma was the one who caught the. She watched the start of this with me. Um, she, you should have been watched the whole thing. Well, she she went off to school. 
Um, <laughs> where she works, not Jesus. No, no, you, 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 you say what. <laughs> and, um, she was the one who caught the David Arquette. She went, yeah, he's that guy from Scary Movie. And I was like, he's, he's the guy okay, who yeah, married Courtney Cox. He, yeah, I was like, yeah, he, yeah, David Arquette married Courtney Cox. He's like, she was like, yeah, yeah, scary movie. Like he's like Dewey. some weird Dewey. Yeah, he's like the police officer. And I was like, that's Scream. She's like, no, no, no scary movie. I was like, I knew she. Meant I was it. like, no, 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 that's scream. not a piss take. That's Scream. And she's yeah. like, yeah, but he's like, he's a bit weird in it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's Scream. <laughs> and then they obviously, I think the problem is that there's a character like that in the first oh, scary that, movie. Yeah. So there's that sort of because obviously the first scary movie is just it's scream a piss take. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, very, very went down the rabbit hole there, didn't we? Yeah. Um, this is really good, this film. Yeah. It feels tense. It feels... And, and you said, the shots in this film are mm. just breathtaking. It's so well done. I never... I love a film where I don't know whether the good guys are going to get hurt. You have not. no idea who's going to survive in this film. And it really is... From the start, you're like... The first character you get introduced to dies there and then basically like yeah. it's and it's just oh okay right well this is the sort of film we're watching now yeah and it is and it's savage it's it's a brutal film really brutal really well done <laughs> i don't I, it does always make me wonder though watching this like how life would have been for the native americans it, obviously life on the frontier is difficult and hard and i think that's a quote from one of the characters is life on the frontier is yeah. difficult but we know that and you see that all the time and you see all the outlaws and stuff. But I, a bit of me felt sorry for the Indians in that this is, this is like someone who'd run into a church yeah, and just sort of smashed up the graveyard a bit and then got, and annoyed. Then, and then got annoyed when you protected it. Yes. <laughs> because that's what it is. And, and it's sort of, and it made me think, oh, okay, hang on. But then, actually, the, I mean, these guys are, they're, they're cannibals and stuff. But... Oh, these, one, these ones are, because I mean... Oh, yeah, and even the even the other Native Americans get... say that yeah. these guys are, like, weird. <laughs> like, they're the inbreds. Yeah, it's like, you, to you white men, you'd believe he looked like me, but he does not. Uh, yeah. It's that sort of thing. It's like, oh, well, then, then we should be fine. We'll be able to spot him then, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> and it's stuff like that. And they've got, like, the boar tusks and everything in there. And they sort oh, of proper like yeah the proper scarification and mm. built in with the, the the stuff they yeah, put in there. Well, it's, it's larynx yeah. is like because I couldn't work out whether that because obviously it's like oh you got like a necklace inbuilt there. It's almost like it's grown. They have it. like a yeah they have. I mean, it must be when they're young that they put it in yeah. because it's sort of heels they grow around, around it, don't they? But they they seem t- these these people these quite cave dwellers. They yeah cut people's like uh, what's it. Is it your esophagus? Which one's the one you breathe through? Esophagus. Uh, no, it's what it's, you're talking so about. Your larynx and stuff like that. Is that what it's yeah, your larynx. But what's the tube? That Tra- one. Trachea. Trachea is it? Yeah, that's the one. Good. They cut that open and they've put a tiny. Bone I mean, you, you, I mean, you can come back next week for the next science yeah. class because we've already had an argument about it's, my hearts and stuff like that. It's like a, it's like a pan pipe almost. It looks like, but made out of bones, and it means that when they shout through it, it. Reverberating and echoes, and it has a certain noise, and that's like their signalling tone, isn't it? Really interesting. We've instantly jumped to them as as the point yeah. in the story, but the build up to it is amazing. Like the the journey. So, oh, yeah. obviously, Patrick Wilson in this whole film has a bum leg. He's fallen off a roof, and yeah, or, or, and it's in a splint. Off, and it's in a splint, so he can't walk on it. And his wife is like the nurse, yeah. not the not the star doctor, which is why she gets yeah. captured because she's trying to protect David Arquette because Kurt Russell 
deals with all bad people the same way by shooting them in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, and they've been captured, but it's, it's the build-up, it's the journey to where they need to go and how brutal these the life is out there. Because it's mm. not only that, it's there's the point where... Well, the Mexicans, as they call it, isn't it? It's they've, they've, they don't yeah. trust him. They, like he shoot, Matthew Fox shoots them because he doesn't believe that he's on his own. He's like, no, yeah. that's a scout. Well, you can't do that. He's like, well, I can. I can. There's a reason yeah. why I've killed. He's a real interesting character as well. He's like pure white. Honestly, I don't know what, what to talk about in this film because no, I, there's so about. much to talk about. We'll talk about the scene. Oh, yeah, the, the scene. The scene, the one that everyone seems to show in this thing. And people... I'm sure people will show people this film to get to that point just to see how they mm. react to it. So you see a scalping in this film. Yeah. So it starts off, you see this guy get scalped, then they strip him naked. Which I, I must say, I sort of took a lot of look at myself because the scalping didn't phase me. I sort of went, okay. Yeah. Right, so they're going to kill him. And then, <laughs> then they strip him, turn him upside down, hold him by the legs, and they just start hacking. hacking down between his legs just to try and split him. Like, like yeah. he would do with a pig. Yeah, yeah. But because it's a human, you're like, oh fuck, oh, because. Oh, and then they, and then when he ripping him, when off. he gives, it all falls out, and like just all of his innards everywhere, and they just sort of keep pulling. I mean, everyone says that's the scene. The one that I found most disturbing is as they're leaving the cave because they mention, oh, there oh, are the women. Yeah, there's there's some blind, um, there, there's some blind and mutilated women who can't leave, who are mm. pregnant, and you come in and you see the women, and it's not just blind, they they punch stakes in yeah. their eyes cut off their legs and their arms and sewn their mouths shut and they're just they're just, just like birthing machines yeah it's just it's, it's such a primal and realistically a believable mm. and that's the thing isn't it it's, it's believable that this could be how a civilization could easily form because we know how men are mm. <laughs> that's it though it, it is it's, it's what's where they go from and they obviously mm. Decide to keep a couple of uh, female around, but then keep the men and try and train them up. Yeah, it's a really good, well paced film mm. that you would not regret watching. Yeah, yeah. And Patrick Wilson is amazing. Patrick Wilson is really good, and this is the thing: Patrick Wilson has been good in every film that we've discussed so far. Which I think is the first time that we've gone, we've looked at someone's films and not picked out another person who was better in the film. Um. For him, in this one, do you mean? This is the first... I, no, I mean as in every person that we've looked through on this podcast, I feel like every film we're like, they were great. But, but yeah, so in but this... actually, Patrick Wilson, I think, is is consistently... Yeah, Hard Candy, I think he's the very better good. of the two. Yeah. Little Children, I think Jackie L. Haley's a really good part, but I think him and Kate Winslet just do such a good job. Yeah. I wouldn't say anyone was better out of the two of them. Yeah. Um, Watchmen again. Jackie L. Haley is. Yeah. We, should, we could have just done a Jackie L. Haley yeah, one for this. Um, <laughs> and then this one, I think again, it's a very good cast piece. Mm. He's, he's such a good versatile actor in this way. And I think mm. you mentioned it to me earlier. Was the idea that he's such a good as almost as a supporting role that he facilitates everyone else as mm. well, but he doesn't take anything away from them. No, he then gives. He never the... steals the limelight. Like, but I couldn't, he... I couldn't see him playing like. Leonardo DiCaprio's part in Wolf of Wall Street or for that matter any part played by Leonardo DiCaprio really they rely on you being that sort of central I I think I could source see. of everything I could see him playing the part in Django Unchained yeah okay so the lead lead roles um, okay oh, obviously, obviously <laughs> other than Romeo then. yeah Romeo <laughs> um, 
But no, I think he's. They all. This is a really well made film. Really good cast. Really well shot. The soundscape is brilliant as well. I felt like I was on this trip with. I, it's one of those films that. I mean, I got a tendency of watching TV and doing games or doing something else, but which is probably. And this one, I couldn't. I mm. couldn't bring myself to. I had to keep watching. Yeah, especially the bit where they suddenly start getting attacked in the in the brushes. They're going to advance slowly. Just leave me, leave me the grenades, and that's oh, and he doesn't oh, even get a chance to oh, do anything. So good, honestly. If you haven't seen this film, which I don't think many people will have, yeah, watch it. Um, do you want to give it a rating? Five, five. Yeah, it's a five star film for me. There you go. I think it's also the first week where we've had two five star films. Yeah, and this budget for this was one million eight hundred thousand estimated. Gross worldwide was three hundred eighty-two thousand. It made like nothing. Sorry, how much was it? Uh, one point eight million for this film. And it only made three hundred eighty-two gross. Christ. So that's gross. Oh, so gross! So it made yeah, but that's not a lot, is it? No, Christ, that's insane. It's a film that I think people need to go and. See I think I also think down. the cast probably drove up the price. Or the Kurt Russell would have for a lot, yeah. And I don't think Matthew Fox necessarily would have. No. <laughs> but then, do you think Patrick Wilson would have? I think again, he chooses the parts that he thinks are really interesting. Oh no, no, but I don't think. I don't mean like the cast drove up the prices in they themselves went, oh, I should be paid more. It's just more. who they are. I yeah. think it's just who they are, yeah. Cool. Um, oh, I did forget. To, oh, have I forgotten? Yeah, so I did forget at that point. He did play the part, the Legion Fargo for a season as well in 2014. Yes, he did. Which he, I think he got nominated again. Yeah, he got nominated for a Golden Globe again for it, but didn't get it. Um, he was also meant to be an Ant-Man, but then didn't because it got delayed to a certain point. Fair. So, yeah. Um, let's just, I'll, I'll list out the rest of the films he's done now, and we'll just make a couple of comments on those if that's all right with you. Yeah. And then we'll um, have a look at the most recent film mm. for him. So, he was in Fargo, which I said came out that time. Um, Matty the Heart, which I don't really know. He was in Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, which was the third DC property, no, oh, second DC property. Yeah. He was the voice of the, Amer- of the president. Mm hmm. Hollow, the Hollow Point I watched this week as well, which was 2016. Okay. Not good. Okay. He loses his hand in it, and it's also got Ian McShane. There's bits oh, in it which could be good. Nice. But it just, it it's, like, it's like a good it's, cast. It's almost like a modern western with John uh, Leguizamo, isn't it, as well? Oh, okay. It's weird. Yeah, but it's all about um, people taking bullets across to the cartel in America, because you can buy them in shops in America, in America, take them to Mexico and make the money, and essentially something goes wrong, and this guy's coming oh, back to the That sounds cool. It should be good, but it wasn't. It just oh, okay. didn't quite. It didn't quite work. Um, then we got some more of the Conjuring films, some more Insidious films. You had the Nun, things like that, and then yeah. Aquaman, which is probably his big thing last year. Yeah, I I liked him in Aquaman. He I thought he was good. I thought he was good in it, which is why sort of he was he wasn't the lead, but he had to command roles mm. by himself. Um, it's strange that he did Aquaman because he hated to doing the water scenes in um, Phantom of the Opera. He said it was the worst part of doing it, like he had to be oh. underwater for parts of it. I'd- I don't think he was <laughs> underwater for any of Aquaman, was he? I mean, I like to believe they they, they did it accurately. No. It was accurate, man. <laughs> um, then there was the other two, and then for this year, and Annabelle Comes Home, where he plays Ed Warren again. So obviously, in the Conjuring and Annabelle films, he plays the same part in, mm. across them all. And then oh, in the tall grass. In the tall grass, which is something we um, reviewed earlier yes, this month. Yes, did, yeah. Um, which he's actually very good in. Um, as well with his little moustache and then we have the film that he's we're going to talk about and the only thing he's got coming up from what we can see is The Conjuring 3 
stretching that out, aren't they? Well, I think they're low they're low cost films, aren't they? That's it. They're low cost films, so they can make them for and mm. make lots of money. And people have mm. bought into them now. Yeah. So why wouldn't they? So what film are we? Does that bring us on to the review? Yeah, it brings us on to the review. There so the review for this week is going to be. What do you want to say? Midway. Midway. Like... Oh, midway. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> midway between us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So the review of Midway. Um, before you jump into the, into the review, how much do you know about Midway as a concept, as a battle, as anything that happened in the war? Um, a fair amount. Not like details of who was involved, as as in exact people. Yeah, so I you, understand it's the Americans yeah. and the Japanese. So you're aware of Midway as... Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I, I, I don't know how... So obviously I was in America and got taught American history, so I was mm. aware of it. Oh, I didn't. I never got taught this. That's, that's I, it. It's I learned the, this. <laughs> I think it's one of those bit battles that people outside of America, probably Japan and China, won't have a huge knowledge of mm. because essentially that part of the war isn't taught about because no. everyone talks about the Eastern and Western fronts yeah. in Europe, but everything outside of that because although it's a world war, no one really. Which I always thought it was weird in school. You go, oh, it's a world war. It's Europe, <laughs> really. You got Americas mm. in, and they never talked about the J- Japan side of it and Africa and Africa and all that. That's mean you don't really get anything mm. else, but. Does this good do a good job of telling you what happened at Midway? It did, to be fair. I mean, it it tells the story well. Yeah, and about I think that's about all we can really that's say. About all it does well. <laughs> yeah. So the Midway is a film that's come out this year, directed by the incomparably shit director that is Roland Emmerich. Yes. Who yeah. you will know if you've listened to all of our pods um, as the bloke who did that one Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, he's he's. He's a bad director. I I was thinking, has he ever done a good film? Um, I think you might argue that he has done one good film. I don't know what your opinions on that film is. One of them is Independence Day. What the first, the original Independence? Yeah, Day? I like the original Independence Day. Day after tomorrow. That's all right. Twenty twelve. Uh, no. Ten thousand A.D. Oh, I didn't mind that. I mean, as a spectacle, it was good. But as actual content, no. No, he did the Stargate film as well. And he also did The Patriot. I would say The Patriot's alright, actually. The Patriot's quite good. Everything else, I think, is crap. Fair. <laughs> I also did White House Down, which you think is the better of the two. Well, it is the better of the two. <laughs> but still not but good. It's, that's like comparing dog shit to cat shit. Um, <laughs> yes. No, it's not, because cat shit's far worse than dog shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Definitely. this film, I was hopeful would be okay by the end of it, I was actually hoping I could rewatch the film Pearl Harbor, which says <laughs> <laughs> which says a lot, really, doesn't it? I I would have rather been watching Pearl Harbor than this film. Yeah, because at least Pearl Harbor had a bit of panache, a bit of glory, a bit of something about it. Whilst this was a bit <laughs> happened. Mm. Um, the sound editing on this, I think, was horrendous. Mm. Like all you could hear was wind. I know they're trying to make you feel make you feel like you're there, but by the same token, I still need to be able to hear what's being said. And, and... I think I might have lucked out then. Really? Because mine was a. Oh, you... Josh. Josh doesn't go to the cinema much. No, Jones. <laughs> Jones doesn't. <laughs> Hutton does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I. I didn't get that because I, I can hear the wind because it was poor audio. I just got. Oh, the the audio. See, I, <laughs> so I got very little audio. Come out, all right. you, might, you might have done, um, but it was it was yeah, it was really heavy wind, really heavy like around sort of effects. But you couldn't hear much what they're saying. The music was also 
music. It was very strange how it was all mm. sort of mixed together. Um, I don't think it was done that well. And to be honest, the spectacle, like the, the things, I, I thought looked really poor. Oh, well. it looked fake as anything. That's the problem. Like That first attack on Pearl Harbor at that point was done so poorly. Mm. Like, uh, one line, uh, it, was just, it was nothing to it. The fire looked bad. The fire looked really bad. Like, there was a bit where a guy's like on a rope between two boats. Yeah. And there's like fire coming up below. And it and it and it just looks so green screen. It it could have been a man holding a paper cutout of fire just <laughs> dancing around <laughs> and I would have got the same or even like someone with like an air dryer with some like red like yeah. bits of paper coming it was just it just looked cheap and poorly made. Mm. And it was clear that this was meant to be a big spectacle. You see it looked clear it was meant to be a big spectacle, but then they obviously couldn't spend any money on cast. No. They had... The first guy who dies in Pearl Harbor is the guy from Vikings. Yeah. And Hunger Games. And, and Hunger Games, stuff. yeah. Yeah. You had Ed Screen as the other guy, whose accent was horrendous. Yeah, I mean, he's he's British, isn't he? It was, it was one of the worst accents I've ever heard. Yeah. I honestly, I'm going to be honest, I thought about leaving partway through this film, but I knew I had to finish it so I could talk about it on the podcast. I would have, oh, I would have turned this off. And I, I, I literally, in my life, I think there's... There's one film that I've turned off halfway through. I always, always will watch a film through to the end, except for John Carter. I didn't even turn it off. I just fell asleep halfway through it. I watched all John Carter. Oh. I think I thought it was okay. Yeah, then again, I, I think Taylor Kitsch is worth looking at. <laughs> um, but yeah, Patrick Wilson's good in this. I'm going to be honest, Patrick Wilson was good in this. Woody Harrelson was good in this. The Japanese actors were good in this as well. Yeah. It's just the main the body... Jonas brother. He actually <laughs> he was surprisingly of, good. He was actually one of the best ones. It felt like you said, okay, so we'll go back to what you said. It was like, they went, oh, we're going to make our own version of Dunkirk with, yeah. with Poker. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then they got a German in to do it, which was strange in itself. It was like, I thought it was meant to be real gung-ho America. Hoorah. Yeah, It still felt that way. It did. And it did feel that way. Like, oh, your Dunkirk had Harry Styles in it from a boy band. Yeah. We'll get Joe Jonas from our boy band. <laughs> And you're like, well, it doesn't need to be. Although Joe Jonas his, is... His actually... death was pretty, pretty was savage. Good, like, yeah. good death. Yeah, good death. If I'm going to... Good kill... death. <laughs> it was, though. Like, oh. I mean, it's, it's very hard to spoil the plot of this, uh, but we're not going to give away too much of everything else. So I've, no. Not, not that we're really recommending you go see it, as you can tell no. from now. Um, Kenneth Branagh is the most underutilised man in this film. Yeah. He is in it for. They one... could have asked him for some directing tips. <laughs> they should have had him direct the film. Mm. He was in Dunkirk as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. That was where he won the scheduling. Was he's like, he couldn't oh. do this because he was. He was doing, filming Dunkirk. He, he started doing. Yeah, he started doing midway and went. Do you want to do Dunkirk? He said he went. Yes. <laughs> Just got up and left. They did one scene with him, and then he never, oh, him God. trying to catch ducks in a in a river in China. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand. It was nice. It was it was part of what was going on. I'm actually going to go to the very beginning of the film. Mm. The very beginning of the film, which was just the words on the, the screen. Oh, okay, yeah. The words on the screen. You know, Battle of Midway, most important f- fight in the melee. This is the battle that turned the tide of the war. What? The, turned the, the tide. The water pun. <laughs> the water pun in the first line. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. What am I here for? I was... I. <laughs> that was the bit where I'm going to write this I, and to us I think I went Kate was in the wrong mood I had a terrible audience I was with. actually the majority of the audience was fine there was three people that I promised they were so bad but they're on the other side mm. of the cinema 
and I couldn't justify getting up, walking all the way across <laughs> to them, and just having a go. Yeah. I don't know. It was... Also, it was the hottest cinema in the world. It was unbearable. The thing is, I'd rather review the experience of the cinema than the film, because the film just left me numb. I did. I felt vacant through it. I wasn't like, oh, this is coming next. I was like, I had to go to the toilet at one point, and I thought, oh, well, if I miss a bit, <laughs> if I miss a bit, I miss a bit. Yeah. And the problem is, I might have missed a bit that might have been quite important. It was, it was way too long. Luke Evans in this is, eh. Oh, yeah, he's the... He's the the bloke who takes over the ship, isn't he? Yeah, he's not the, I, I the leader of the squad. But yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the guy with the moustache. Yeah, yeah. He's not. I didn't realise it was Luke Evans, to be honest. Who's um, who was who played Dracula? He did yeah. Dracula Untold, wasn't it? He was also Jason Statham's brother in Fast and the Furious Five. Oh god. Um, yes, of course. Uh, he, but I, I for some reason I mistook him for um, the guy who played um, the Viper in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I mistook him for him. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh, Pedro Pascal's doing doing all right. No, he's Maybe not. It's no, he's not. It's he's, he's getting worse. He's getting worse. His accent's going all over the place. Oh, right, it's Luke Evans, a Welsh mm. actor playing an American. It was just... <laughs> I like Luke Evans, to be fair. I just didn't think he was good things, in this either. No, he wasn't good in this. I, don't, I think the issue with this is there wasn't much in the way of direction for the people that were in there. Nope. It felt very much like, get on, just do your parts. I'm trying to build this wonderful spectacle around what you're doing. Yeah, and it wasn't even a wonderful spectacle. But then you can argue the same thing for when we watch Godzilla. You can argue the same thing for any of his films he's ever done. He, he, he has his own production company, which is where this is all mm. coming from. It was also, did you notice at the beginning, it was funded by a Chinese film company. Oh, I didn't notice that. It was f- funded by a Chinese company as well. So that might be why they've added more in there. I, Aaron Eckhart was in this, and he was... Aaron Eckhart, yeah, as, as, I, as I sent a message to you, yeah, I think just, saying Aaron Eckhart what? doing Aaron Eckhart things, because he, he just does. He didn't really do much in the way of acting. I mean, I thought that was interesting, the fact where he lands in China, and we see the mm. aftermath of what occurred there, because that is a really interesting thing. It's, it's, it's strange to think about Japan, being the size it is, going, I'm going to wage a war against China and America at the same time. Yeah, and actually... Doing it, doing it well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, but, but there are very few films that do actually touch on the sort of Japanese occupation in China. Yeah. Except for Emperor of the Sun, I think is the biggest one, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's fair to say. And it's you only ever enter Asia if you're going to talk about the war in Vietnam. That's the only time the American films seem to do that. Yeah. If it's to do with war. Mm. They t- they tend to forget, and I, I think that's all films really. They tend Which to is odd that, that they focus on Vietnam because well, it's the one it's the one they lost. <laughs> yeah, but it's the one they can argue. Well, you know, we'll still get conflict from it. And, you yeah, know, well, did we? We have to prove that we won, and that's. But then again, it's also a bit weird because obviously you got the, the the vets from that as well, which yeah, is a big part of it. Um, I did like the little bit at the end, but it's pretty pretty. Oh. General for like all of yeah. So uh, I hated the way they did it. Oh, the way they did it at the end. So at the end, they they decide to show the the characters that we've seen throughout it and what yeah. they did after the war. Like because they're all so the, real the, people. Ones, the ones that survived because it's all based on actual pe- yeah, people. But then it was like they were talking, then they slow and almost just like sepia toned still. Yeah, and they'd stop and they start put like... some terrible wording over it and show an actual picture of them. And then they then they do a bit more yeah sort of exposition. It was, it was like it was like a camera. They used the. Oh fuck! I've got his name, Dick, something or other. Dick Wolf. The was what? Who from? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Dick was the name of the the main part. Oh, of it. um, yes. Yeah, sorry, 
Yeah. Um, Dick, Best. Dick Best. Dick Best. That's it. <laughs> Which is a great name. <laughs> Best Dick. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, that's what it would have been on his like on his forms because yeah, you put surname yeah, first, best dick. Best dick. <laughs> um, it's a little bit yeah, going, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, it's like he's being used as the catalyst for this final sort of thank you, and it's just him going around like like three of them revolve around him. He just shows he's it. just walking past them on a ship and stuff. Oh, it it was so poorly done. The ending. It, honestly, it was it was. I like that it showed you them. Oh, that's 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 generic for any true story. I would have liked nowadays. it to come to an end. Him it's and like, then suddenly like go. Banner Brothers. That's is it. What it was really. I would like to have come to an end yeah. and then go. This is this person. Yeah, this yeah, is this yeah. person. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Or when they come through the credits, you go. That's what. That's what I thought it was going to be. When as soon as Woody Harrelson's one went, I was like, oh, okay, so that's it. That's the final shot of the film. They're going to just go between all the characters. Take maybe even take clips of them from earlier in the film. Yeah, and do it, but. Add a but, bit more story to it. Why? Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, then it's like this whole journey at the end. And I was it's, like, so the last shot of the film is it's him with his, it? hugging his wife. And then the thing that comes up, it goes, never flow again. And that's like, like oh, yeah. again, that sort of thing. It was the inhaled, was it caustic soda, which yeah. is fucking like insane to be yeah. fair. But it didn't help him act. That's no. for sure. Cause he was awful. Um, he was bad. I don't know how Ed Screen keeps getting worse. I always want to like him, but I just—he's just bad. He left Game of Thrones, didn't he? Yeah, because he was the most beautiful man in the world. Yeah, Darian Harris. And then he, I don't he, know why he left that. Do you know why he left that? No, because he was bad. I just said the... I didn't. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I, I wasn't listening. Um, he got a part of the film, the relaunch of the Transporter series. Oh fuck! And so he was to replace Jason Statham's character in that. And it did not work. No. And he, then he was in Deadpool. Yeah, he's also in Alita Battle Angel. Oh, God. He wasn't awful in Deadpool, but there wasn't a lot for him to do in Deadpool. He just had to be hard and British. But then you could, if if you want to do it the way, the way that he's really should be is the way that Jason Statham is. He needs to be a Jason Statham-esque character because he can't really act. He can't do accents. No. He's, he's tried. He tries to do Jersey there. There was a point where he went, oh, that's what he's trying to do. Mm. You know when he starts doing the speech mm. in the bar? And I was like, he's from Jersey. I get it. <laughs> it. It took me that long to work out where he was meant to be yeah. from. And that's a real problem. Patrick, as I said, Patrick Wilson does a good job in this. I mean, him going, and, in, going into this film, we literally had said to each other, God, there's not a bad film this week. We've done really well. Yeah. <laughs> The worst bit about this film, and I say the worst bit about this film loosely, because I'm going to say the next bit's the worst bit about this film. The worst bit about this film is there was a trailer for 1917 before this film started. <laughs> and I would much rather be watching that than this film. That's the problem. You go, right, Sam Mendes is doing his own one that's coming out soon, that's got all, it's got such a good cast. It's all your classic British. It's basically, I was, I'm thinking about it now, it's basically the cast of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, and those who didn't get cast in Sherlock. Yeah, but it it is it, it is, is. It, there's a lot of lot of overlap. It it looks like what a war film should be, yeah. and I don't know if that's part of the issue. The fact that you don't really associate war films with the water and the air, but I don't think that's the issue I had. There, was, there was a bit where to be fair, it, when they're all getting like in the final sort of attack, and yeah. all the planes are getting shot at, and the like the Japanese are going through, and they're just ripping them through. I did go. Fuck me, like, you see all this stuff about being 
in the army or the marines and you're like Christ that's, that's hard that's then like front flying, but fuck me being a pilot flying straight that, down into bullet yeah, fire just Jesus to try Christ, and drop it yeah. you've, you've got to have balls of steel and it was literally like you know most likely you're not coming back yeah, we're flying insane. you're flying in a fleet of eight planes because you think one of them will make it through yeah yeah, it's exactly like it's you, insane. You are you have a one in eight chance. It's the same. It's, yeah. All it is 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 it's similar to like the First World War because what you've got is you've got your eight planes and their eight planes and they fly at each other while shooting. It's like if you were in the Marines, sticking eight Marines on yeah. one side of the field, eight Marines on the other side, and going run at each other and shoot. The only difference <laughs> with, the air, with the air force and that sort of thing is you're flying towards navy. Which yeah. are stationed, and you've got planes coming behind you as well. Yeah. So it's not even no. that you've got. It's, you, oh, it's, you, it's you with your friend to take to your back, shooting and both that, sides. And open. this is the thing, and that and that was the the only thing that I was like, oh, this has done it quite well because it is a it's a crap war film. Yeah, there there are so many better war films. Oh, well, what's Dunkirk from yeah. the previous year? And but that bit, I was like. Oh, okay. These guys are getting I think, shredded. I think and that's. Like, I think okay, that's the thing from this. This film is two hours f- fifteen. Mm. The last, oh, not even the last. I take it back. The last sort of five ten minutes of is wank because it's just like, oh yes, oh yeah, this person did that. And I, I, I think that's important, but the way they did it was terrible. So mm. that was five minutes gone. Yeah. So outside of that, the last twenty minutes before that is of the good. Best bit of the film is the best bit of the film. Everything up to that. I did, I, to us, I would have been happy with it being that being like an episode on a TV, like half an hour mm. going the battle of midway. This is what occurred. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. I, I mean, I'd rather watch a documentary about it. And that's not to, that's not that's not to discount documentaries or anything like that at all. But you go to a cinema for an experience to feel like you're there, feel like you're excited and pumped along with it. And this brought nothing. I I felt nothing. I didn't care about any of the characters either. There was the, there was. The Did b- you care about any of them? No. God the only no. person I sort of cared about was um, Patrick Wilson because you'd seen his wife. I was it, it, yeah, literally the same. The there's the bit where a plane it doesn't have enough speed coming off the carrier and it just sort of falls into the water. Yeah, and then you see it get crushed by said carrier. And you see, what's his name, Ed or whatever. Ed Screen, yeah. Ed Screen, look at him, out out of his, out of his. um, I was going to say jet. They weren't jets then. Plane, plane, yeah. And then that's it. And you sort of see him, and he goes, oh. And he's got a sad face on. And then, and then he looks looks away, looks back, and then it cuts away, and (laughs) no one mentions it. No, they do. They they do mention it because there's a point where um, he go. Someone goes. Well, you can't say you just got to save the rest of the people out there. We're not. You can't focus on that one guy. Get on with it. Oh yeah, that's it. And then he, go, then he goes, "Yes, I'm fine now." Yes, <laughs> and they've tried to put this story in there. And it doesn't matter. The, actually, take it back. There is some good acting in this as well. And mm. I was because obviously I think Woody Harrelson does a good job. Patrick Wilson does a mm. good job. The rest of them there. Dennis Quaid as Which one's Dennis the Quaid? guy with shingles. Oh yeah, the yeah, admiral. Yeah. yeah, he's really good in it yeah, as well, and he. Yeah, he sort of comes out of no. He doesn't get much to do, but he's he's mm. very interesting as a character. He does. He sort of becomes. Mm. It's just a, it's just a flat film. Yeah, but flat, perfect. It is, and I mean, they should have found it easy, like because it's like the Earth. Yeah, flat. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, I don't know. I, 
I thought it was interesting to hear about how they interpreted and worked out where it was. Like, the stuff behind the scenes I thought was really interesting. It's like, you know, like the imitation uh, game mm. where they're cracking the codes and stuff like that. I found that bit more interesting. Oh, had they just done a film on that? And then and then they tried to pass it off as if the the entire film was about that and not some fucking explosions. Because oh. at the end he's like, no one will ever forget the code breaking that went on at Midway and how it saved the war. And you're like... That was fucking, like, 15 minutes of the film. Oh, also, do you know what I think was a complete waste and I couldn't understand? It was um, the film the, the film crew that were on uh, Midway. Oh, yeah. that. I thought, at the end, you're going to see some actual footage yeah. from the battle to put over yeah. with you doing, like, this guy's done this, this guy's done that. Yeah. No. They just left it, didn't do anything with it. No. I thought, if that was actually happening, if that actually occurred, why are they not showing that no, now? Exactly. That is, that's the perfect time to do it. So, couldn't get the rights <laughs> they were like I can be associated with this film that's, yeah, that's what exactly. it was I honestly think Roland Emmerich should not ever do a thing again no I think he needs to take a good hard look at himself <laughs> and realise realise no I shouldn't have my own production company and if I do I should let other people make films his, his production company only produces his own films it seems so apart from I think one other film and that film is Eight Legged Freaks and that film is banging <laughs> <laughs> so, where, where do we land on it? So, out of a squad of five planes, uh, one and a half are making it home. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half. I mean, literally, the re- yeah. the radio pilot has jumped out of one plane, <laughs> landed on the other. Is one and a half are making it home? Yeah, I agree. I it can't go. Totally. The, the end. Spe- the end bit is interesting. I felt that that's was where really that good. point five comes from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can give it less. I'd, I'd quite happily give the film half a star if it's that bad. But this film, one and a half, just for the ending. I also like the opening scene. I thought that was beautifully shot, and I also liked the bit in China where I could see what was happening with them, even though Aaron Eckhart yeah, that's good. just meh the scene. So yeah, don't see it. <laughs> yeah, don't see it. Um, so if we're gonna rank the five films that we've seen this week in relation yeah. to Patrick Wilson, number five, I think we're both gonna agree is Midway. Yeah. Number four, Hard Candy. Hard Candy. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Little Children. Yeah, it's gonna have to be, isn't it? For me, I don't know. I, I'm not speaking on your half. It's different films, isn't it? It's very different film. Like I would, Little Children and Watchmen for me are close to close. But to we it, both but gave. Five. Yeah, so I go Little Children, yeah. then I'd give Watchmen, and then number one is to- Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, I'd agree entirely. So if you're interested in seeing some Patrick Wilson, watch put those Bone, in Hunt, there. Bone Tomahawk. Or if you want something a bit more to see why he is the Scream King, check out Insidious or The Conjuring. Yes. The Conjuring is better in my mind, um, but that's my yeah. own opinion. There we go. So yeah, thank you for listening to yet another week. Um, for listening to six months worth, hopefully. Another week, another dollar. dollar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we'll keep going with this for another six months and then we have a little year anniversary. Oi. Yeah, oi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We sound oi, so excited. No, I, I, and to be fair, I am enjoying this and I think you are as well, yeah. otherwise we wouldn't keep doing it. Um, so thank you for doing if you, if you are listening. If you're not yeah. listening, you can't hear this anyway. Um, do like do, do share this do give us comments do give us feedback do check mm. us out on our socials which is at onbwpod we do a weekly uh, review a weekly top 10 and we either drop a podcast or a guess the guess who in a bit more detail yes you can also catch us on our own socials which Joshua is jx3 for me and it's twitter and instagram and i'm who underscore tin because of who tin which is i think is a bit yeah, well with this um 
I also have OMBW as my clan tag now. Oh, Call of smart. Duty. I know. I need to do that. But That's yes. what I need to get on. Yeah, so um, that brings us to the end of another episode, which brings us on to our Guess Who's. Yeah. Ooh. And I, yeah. And also... And I, I really can't wait for this. Um, we've got we got a guest we've got a guest speaker <laughs> guest speaker a guest speaker a guest on presenting this this one next week which is saying because I would actually I would love actually to um, do this particular uh, person I was about to say what what gender they were we'll leave that <laughs> up to yeah up to I, the imagination of anyone around there yeah. um, I can't think of much. I should be able to think of far more. I'm really struggling well, here. It's all right. You don't need to look back in anger on yourself for not getting it right the first time. You know, you can move forward with this. I'm just maybe let... maybe this this talk will even last until Christmas. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm I'm letting I'm going to keep letting you go to be honest because you're doing far better than me on this. No, I'm... I can't. You can't. I can't think much more. See, I thought I thought you were a legend and you'd be able to do this, to be honest. Oh. Because <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I, 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 it was quite brave to go over that one, if I'm going to be honest. And I think all men, women and children will enjoy this next episode. Nice, yeah. I, I, I don't really want to put more in because I... It's getting yeah. to, when you, it's, to be fair, when you, when you need the next episode but you don't want it, it's there. And when you want it, but you don't need it. It's gone. And and hopefully, <laughs> and to be honest, it is it is getting on. It is quite late night now, so <laughs> I think it's time for us to end what we're recording. So um, I want to say thank you for listening. Um, as always, uh, we've been Josh. I've been Josh, and I've been Josh. And we've been Josh. <laughs> I will get it right one week. I just can't do it. I need to write it down. I'll start to say.